<laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Chainsaws and Claws, a killer monster podcast. I am Patrick Vicious. I'm Rob the Cinema Drunkie. And today we are doing two tales of anarchy, like uh, the hand that is that is sentient, and also uh, horror comedy. There's a lot going on. There's a lot, but the, the thing is, like the first movie being Idle Hands is a movie that I have a weird history with that I had forgotten until I had like rewatched it the other day, where the main thing that I thought of first is um, partially this was my obsession with Jessica Alba, which was legit obsession. Um, but also partially it was just for whatever reason I was fixated on it. But um, I can't remember even what the tape was, but the trailer for Idle Hands was on a tape that I rented and I watched it. I'm not bullshitting you at least 30 times. Like, not the movie that I had rented. I have no idea what that movie even was. But I watched that fucking trailer at least 30 times. And, like, again, partially, it was looking at Jessica Alba and being like, she's so pretty. But also, it was just, I don't know, everything about it, I just couldn't stop watching it over and over and over again. It's like, when I actually saw the movie, like, I, and I loved it, um... But, like, the fact that, like, apparently nobody else cared, I was genuinely surprised about because I was just like, did no one else see this trailer? This trailer was fucking amazing. Like, I was like, I watched it, like, 30 times. But, like, it came out and nobody saw it. And, like, for years, nobody even, like, talked about it. It was, like, it was really weird. Yeah. And then it was, like, the last, like, handful of years, like, people have kind of, like, started mentioning it again, which makes me happy. Um, and like even um, Devin Sawa recently, when somebody asked him about his best performance, he was like, or mentioned his best performance, he was like saying Idle Hands was his best performance, which I do think he's very good in it. Yeah. I think honestly the whole cast I think is really good. Um, especially I didn't know this until the other night when I was just like looking into it. Apparently, Jack Noseworthy is a gay man. Yes. I I genuinely believed he wanted to fuck Vivica Fox because who didn't? So like. I mean, like, good for him. That's a brilliant performance because I genuinely believed it. Like, I didn't believe that. Like, I had no idea. So, yeah, like, across the board, like, everybody is great. And, like, there's really cool set pieces. It's just, like, it's it's such a fucking fun horror comedy. That just, and, like, there's such, like, sweet gore. Like, it's just, and just, ah, oh, fuck, it's so good. <laughs> I love it so much. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, uh... I have been a huge fan of the movie for years. Um, I saw it in theaters, and uh, me and my cousin Eric saw it in theaters. Uh, we were like, I want to say like two or five people in the entire theater over the weekend. <laughs> like when we went to see it. Like, which is funny enough because uh, I think it came out around the same time as um, Entrapment. Remember Entrapment with... Uh, Sean Connery and Catherine I remember, Zeta. I mean, I remember one shot, but like, I remember the film existing because uh, of that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know the exact shot you're talking about, <laughs> and I think that's why my cousin Eric wanted to see it. Um, but I was like, no, dude, let's go see fucking Idle Hands. And then uh, he saw Jessica Alba in Idle Hands, and he was like, oh yeah, this was this was the 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 better choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can remember. Um, that the, the, the one scene in where she opens the door to Devin Sauer in her bushes, you know what I'm saying? And like, like her outfit, and he's like, Oh my god, and it's like, you know, yeah, like we were in that period and shit where it was just like, Oh, uh, yeah, oh, no, I was even, I predate that period because like, I was like, Um, I my, my obsession with her started before that because when I was like, I think 15, 
um, my grandparents um, took my brother and I to Europe. And while I was there, uh, while I was in France, I could only find one fucking thing that was in English on the TV. And it was that weird flipper reboot that they did that no one remembers. I only remember it because of that. Because I was flipping through the channels, and A, it was in English, and B, I was like, I saw Jessica Alba. By the time I did not know who she was. And I was like, that is the most gorgeous human being I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, I was like, I now must see everything with her for the rest of my life. Wait, and wait, like, wait. that did hold up for quite a while. Wait, 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 wait. She was, she was in Flipper? Not the movie. They did, they did like a show. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Not, not the one with Elijah Wood. Oh, okay, okay. Which, yeah. to be fair, I actually forgot that existed too until recently. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, 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 you know, that was in that, uh, you know, slated in the 90s where they were just remaking old shit, like. Yeah, they, that's they, so different. <laughs> like, they, 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 things they, are they, so different now. <laughs> yeah, they did, uh, what was it, um, what was it, Lassie with, uh, Smalls, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I have uh, no recollection of Smalls being in it, but I believe you. <laughs> no, no, he is, yeah, that, 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 that's the reason why I remember it, because Smalls is in it. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it, it thoroughly enjoyed it. Like you know, and then like we should also know like the reason nobody saw it was because it, like it, it came out right after Columbine, which I don't completely understand. Okay, because like my whole thing is like I, as somebody who was a weird kid in high school that people thought was going to shoot up the place after Columbine, like you'd think that like of all people, like I would like be concerned like but no i was like i that in no way there was no like correlation in my head it was just like i, I mean i don't know i guess maybe just me but it's just like okay so it's a horror movie that happens to have people in high school in it so people are dying like every fucking horror movie <laughs> like that i'd ever seen in my life to that point like why is that after columbine and why is that weird <laughs> Yeah, like it, it, it's it's obvious. Like the movie has its tongue firmly planted in cheek, and uh, it, it's not to be taken seriously. But uh, they just oh, uh, get you know people getting killed in high school. So like yeah, that tracks. So they they tried heavily to downplay the horror aspects and you know play up the comedy aspects. You know, and it's, it, it it did not work. Um, the, the the marketing was weird like uh like if you watch the poster like you, you have to no be fair, idea there was not a single good poster i did realize that the other day no never. when i was going to like post um stuff on like twitter and facebook um i was like i was looking at the posters I was, the one i posted on twitter was like in my mind the less shitty poster um even though it's still pretty shitty but yeah there was not a single good poster made for that film <laughs> no the the only thing that, that works for it is uh, Scream Factory's uh, artwork for yes. for the Blu-ray release yes. is the only thing that that works for it. Like everything else is just like, what the fuck is this? This looks like uh, some bullshit Varsity Blues uh, ripoff. Um, let's not let's let's not insult the wonder and majesty of Varsity Blues. All right, Jesus Christ. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not uh, insulting Varsity Blues. I'm, I'm insulting the 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 marketing department for trying to make it look like a a bullshit varsity blues type movie, like you know, like I remember the main poster just like them all together like the the main cast and in, in the in the high school hallway and shit and it's like what the fuck is this telling me? Yeah, like, and then the video poster is just um, basically like all of them together with the the hand like ripping like the poster. 
Yeah, like yeah. I said, there's there is no good poster. <laughs> They're just shitty posters. Yeah, like you like you motherfuckers essentially just threw the movie away, you know, with that marketing because nobody was seeing this shit. Um, I mean, but, the fact that they spent money on this in and of itself is kind of amazing. Like because like if you really think about it, like the biggest star in the movie probably is Seth Green, and he was not a very big star, and like. On top of that, they clearly spent money, like, to, like, make this movie. Like, it clearly, like, they, money was spent. And, like, it's, it seems like it shouldn't have been. Like, the, the movie I can kind of closest compare it to um, is, if you, I don't know if you've ever seen Deathgasm. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, you should. It's awesome. But, um, but, like, and that movie came out in either New Zealand or Australia. I don't know. Uh, I want to say New Zealand. Um, for no money. And that makes sense. And this is like the version of that with money, and they're almost identical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it, it's fucking weird. It's it, it's 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 weird. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, like, if if you you probably would this movie would have turned out all right and shit if you took away some of that money, since it was directed by uh, Rodman <laughs> Flender. Yeah. You know, um, uh, a uh, uh, Corman. Uh, um, yeah. What you call it? Uh, what do you say? I mean, one of the alumni. Of, like, yeah, like, that, yeah, that's what yeah. I was looking for. Alumni, a uh, Corman alumni, um, who had directed uh, one of my favorite entries in the Leprechaun series, Leprechaun Two. Um, but funny enough, um, with uh, Rodman Flender, I just discovered uh, late last year that uh, he he is the uncle of uh, Timothy Chalamet, and because like they were talking about. Uh, the, the whole thing about nepotism in Hollywood, the Nepo babies, and they were trying to accuse him of being one. Oh, he hasn't auditioned for a movie uh, in, in years, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, because his uncle's in the business, you know what I'm saying? Like, And it was like, oh, I, people would say, I, I, don't, I don't know how his uncle being like uh, um, an associate of... Leprechaun 2 and Idle Hands like, was uh, opening no. doors for him. <laughs> Yeah, like no. Somebody pointed out. I don't know how uh, his uncle being associate of Roger Corman helps uh, helps him in any way. And I'm like, wait a minute, who the fuck is his uncle? And then I looked it up, and it's like, his uncle's fucking Rodman Flender. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like the director of Leprechaun Two and Idle Hands. Like, like number one, that's fucking rad as shit. And number two is like, yeah, that doesn't help at all. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, Robin Flender could like call anybody like fucking Universal. Like, hey, <laughs> you know, you need for your Dune movie. And they're like, <laughs> it's like my nephew. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Rodman Flender. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll take your word on it. We trust you. You know, what I'm saying like we love Leprechaun too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but like you know. Like you, you, the movie still would have worked and shit if it had less money. But like you know, um, it, it still works in in uh, that regard. You know what I'm saying? Re- regardless, um, mainly because of its cast, uh, specifically Devin Sawa, um, the the uh, Algeria. Actually, I just realized it, there's a connection to the movie that we're talking about. Second, because I guess he took that as a huge inspiration, and I was like, that actually makes sense. I didn't think about that till just now. But that yeah. actually makes sense because both movies are basically like one man shows for them to like just go off. Yeah, um, like like I mean, Devin Sal was always great. You know what I'm saying? The 
I, I, I could, I could assume you are as well. But uh, huge fan of Devin Sawa. I'm saying. Did I tell you the Comic Con story? Yes, like, you did. They yes, you did. I, they thought yeah, I you, yeah, you could, you, you could, you could tell it again for the audience. But I, yeah, you told me before. Because <laughs> like I was at the Chucky panel, and I didn't expect. They didn't tell you who the Deus was going to be beforehand. So like I assumed it was be like it was the year before, where it was just like Don Mancini and um, Jennifer Tilly until the very end when they had Alex Vincent show up and they had um, Zachary Arthur show up. But instead, they had like the whole cast including Devin Sawa. And like when I went up to ask a question, I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't know Casper was going to be here or else I would prepare a question. And there was like this audible gasp like in the audience, like people like, thought I was making fun of him. And I was like, I fucking love Casper. I love Devin Sawa. Like, why the fuck do you think I would insult Devin Sawa? I just, I, he's fucking Casper. <laughs> like, like, what do you want yeah. from me? Like, he's an icon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I like uh, I recently had uh, a, a kind of interaction with him because uh, yes. I, I I posted on Twitter that uh, considering that you know he is uh, our our leading uh, uh, actor in in horror of this generation him and uh, uh, another uh, actor we are huge fans of uh, Kyle Gallner that Ooh, the, listen I, listen back to our Scream Five episode get us we're getting we get real gay about Kyle Gallner <laughs> oh yes 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 uh, very much. Um, that uh, it, it would be awesome to see them those two in a movie together, and uh, Demosawa actually uh, not only responded but he retweeted that. You know, he was like, uh, "Gonna where you at?" It's like, and the Gonna was like, "Don't threaten me with a good time." And I was like, "Oh, uh, <laughs> like, like if if this leads to something, I I, I want an executive producer credit." <laughs> I want an executive producer credit if it leads to a movie actually starring those two. But uh, this 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 movie proves without a doubt that uh, Devasawa was made for horror. Yeah. You know, um, like like it, it it it's become apparent. You know, what I'm saying now, like you know, with with Chucky and and a bunch of other th- uh, projects he's been a part of. That uh, he is our like our top like leading uh, horror personality. He's almost and, like the Bruce Campbell of this generation. In yeah, like, yeah. He's kind and, of like an underground guy, but like every like every, every time you see him, it's like holy shit. <laughs> yeah, like and and this movie proves it. Like it also proves that uh, he's he's very adept at the comedy, like yeah. like slapstick, because like his his like the the shit he pulls in this movie, like as far as like physical uh, acting, is amazing. Like that scene with the uh, where uh, he goes up to. Um, Jessica Alba's house and shit, looking for his cat, and he flips over the fucking uh, the the porch and then falls back over after he rings the doorbell. Is like pitch perfect physical acting right there. It's like uh, um, Bruce Campbell in, in Evil Dead Two, which uh, yeah, I mean it's not surprising. That's what we're talking about next. Yeah, so no, like, yeah, I mean I definitely see the influence like when he talks about it. Cause I'm just like they both do a similar thing where they can be the only one on screen, but you're still getting the presence of more than one figure yeah. just because of how good their performance is. Like, that's the thing that's actually, yeah, it's like, I was just like, I think they both, like, when he said, like, that was his best performance, I was like, that's fair. Especially, like, because somebody had said Final Destination, I was like, I mean, no disrespect to that movie, but, like, if you think that's, like, a better performance from him than his performance in Idle Hands, I have genuine concerns. Like, I mean, even if you, like, if you say it's his best performance, in a world where Idle Hands and Hunter Hunter exist, I have genuine concerns. Is all I'm saying. 
Oh yeah, 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 most definitely. Even even his performance in uh Chucky. Yes. Is, oh, uh, Chucky's fucking amazing. Because Chucky, he's playing completely different characters constantly, and is completely convincing in all of them. Yeah, like 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 he's like, and this is no way a dunk on him because uh th- this is not his fault. But like, even in he's he's even great in roles which I feel like he's miscast in, like uh, when they cast him as the main villain of uh Escape Plan Three, um, which 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 is uh which is an all right movie. It's way better than Escape Plan Two. Uh, <laughs> I've never which, seen any, but which, which, uh, yeah, Escape Plan Two Stallone has noted as being the worst movie he's ever made, and I'm like, dude, you're in Rhinestone, like knock it off, like there, <laughs> there, there, there is nothing worse than Rhinestone. There's nothing worse than Oscar. Um, Escape Plan Two, I, 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 I am not a fan of and shit, but uh, you've been in worse shit, <laughs> like, <laughs> but. Uh, he he plays the main villain in Escape Plan Three, and um, I I, I don't I, I don't think he was right for that part, but he is great in it. You know, playing like a, a like a smarmy scumbaggy little shit, um, in in that one. Um, he's also really good in uh, you ever seen the fanatic, with him yeah. and John with John Travolta? He's really good in that, even though like they they cast him as like in. Like he's supposed to be playing like a like an action hero, like a like you know guy who's like you know big star in action movies, and it's like, but I I I don't buy Sawyer. Like like I'm I'm not saying he can't pull it off, but I'm just like I, I I don't buy that. Like especially when Travolta's character is obsessed with a movie that Devin Sawa's character played in, and it was uh called The Space Vampires, and it's like. That doesn't sound like an action movie at all. It sounds like a horror movie, and it's like that—that that makes more sense to have him play like the star, like like a like a Bruce Campbell type. You know what I'm saying? I was say when I think of space vampires, I'm thinking of um, Life Force. Life, yeah, Life Force. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was just like, it took me a second. I'm like Toby Hooper, Life Force. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah, just just have him play like a Bruce Campbell type. Why you have like it's like like they have him play like like a like a like a like a old like. I won't even say like Stallone like type. He plays like a almost, I would say like a, like like an old star of like action movies. But like I don't know if they were like major action movies. It was probably like, uh, like I would say like he was probably like a Gary Daniels kind of type of character he was playing and all that shit. And it's like no, like he was better off playing a Bruce Campbell type because it would fit because it would make more sense for Devin Sawa to play that kind of character. But uh, he's he he is great in that movie. Um. Uh, especially when he sticks a Rambo knife in John Travolta's eye. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I just want to also point out that uh, I genuinely like the fanatic. Like, people who have like uh, tried to like uh, position it as like a, one of the, like the new like so bad it's good movies. Like, like it's like Troll Two, and it's like it's really not. Like, I, I generally think that movie's good. Like, but like, to be fair, I mean, I don't necessarily think that makes something bad per se. Like, yeah. um, like, 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 like the mo- the the ultimate example um, is the room, and I talked about it like um, when I used to do uh, get to punctures with uh, Kevin Cardinal, um, where I was like, I genuinely okay, I do I think that the like the room is a like good movie, obviously not. No. But, like, you can feel, like, the passion that, like, the people that made it, like, the, you can see, like, they were trying to make a good movie. 
And like, as a result, that's why I think it works is because like, if you were trying to make something good, even if it's not like it's like, the ones that are like so bad they're good and like they're shitty are the ones where people didn't give a shit. But even like Troll 2, like you mentioned, like that's kind of made fun of. But like the reason that like I think enough people watch it is because it isn't necessarily like poorly made. Like it's just like, and like you could tell that like somebody, the people that made it thought they were making something good and they tried their best. And like, granted, yes, it's like ridiculous. But, like, it still works. So I'm like, how is that bad? Like, it's achieving what it's trying to do. It's entertaining you. So, like, however it gets there, I don't care. Nah, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So it's like, I remember, like, the first time I was going to watch the Phonetic, I was like, oh, prepare to laugh your ass off. And, like, you know, like, and then I watched it, and I was like, I think I gave it, like, four stars. <laughs> And like I was like, oh, it was funny, right? And I was like, no, I'm genuinely giving this four stars. I thought it was good, like actually good. You know, I thought Travolta was great. I thought Sal was great. You know, saying in it, um, I I don't have a problem with this movie at all. Like, you know, what I'm saying like, yeah, there, there may be stuff that like, um, moments in there like you you would deem as unintentionally funny and shit. But I was like, I didn't have a fucking problem with it at all. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, yeah, I don't agree with y'all, like, trying to, you know, co-op this movie as a fucking... But also, just fucking people do that in general, which drives me fucking insane, where it's like, all of this shit, where it's like, even like, because that's like, it's it's like, like the whole thing that happened with, like, Showgirls, where then it became, like, this fucking, like, now it's like a fucking iconic whatever. It's like, oh, it's camp cinema. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, as long as you're saying, like, positive things, I guess, whatever. But it's like, I... The, the need to, like, turn everything into being unintentionally funny is so fucking weird to me. It's like that clip that we went around, um, like, from Fast Five or Fast and Furious. But, like, with, um, like, that short little out-of-context clip of Vin Diesel, like, his line reading. And everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm just like, can you just fuck off? Like, I was like, can you seriously just fuck off? Like, I was like, I don't... You people are insufferable. Like, I was just like... That's why whenever, like, I people, like, will put that shit on my feet. I'm like, cool unfollow like i was like i don't need anything to do with you like i don't fucking because like, it's like if you like it because it's like it's, it's like whatever like it's like just, at a certain point i'm like if you think everything is shitty i'm like do you consider the idea you just don't like movies so like is that a really is that a thing that you've thought about just out of curiosity no yeah totally 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 but yeah it, um i i i thoroughly believe like devon's house was great but like He's at his best when he he's in horror because like he's like 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 like, like I said like we say with Bruce Campbell he like he understands every time like he's in a he's in a, a role like that you know he understands the assignment like uh, like absolutely in here though you know what I'm saying like that man understands like he is playing in a horror comedy and he's he is fucking going for it yes absolutely yes. like um. The I, I remember too the um they they were talking about this uh Robin Flender with uh Seth Green and Eldon Henson um the scene like after he, like he kills the both of them yeah um and he's walking he's like in complete and utter shock and he walks into like a support beam yeah. he's in his house and you hear a thud like that is not the sound department that is the actual thud that Devon Sawa made when he walked directly into it, just bam! 
what I'm saying? And he just and they say he did that multiple times. Like like they, they did multiple takes of that and he walked into that shit mad hard every fucking time and shit. And it's like that that shows the pure dedication on his part. Where it's just like like yeah, like dude is just you know, he doesn't give a fuck. He's just going for this absolutely as hard as he possibly could, you know what I mean? Yes. You know what I'm saying? And um like like there's him, like, you know, and then also uh like you know the aforementioned Seth Green and Eldon Henson playing his uh yeah they're kind of like his uh like um fuck uh Griffin Dunn's character I can't think of his fucking name in Mary World from London oh yeah 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 <laughs> uh Jack yes Jack uh yeah. they're basically like his Jack whereas like ever uh basically nobody else can ever see Jack whereas like they're just going around having a great time. Like winning costume contest awards and shit for being zombified. Yeah, like they're 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 his stoner, but like they're basically uh, Jack meets Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Where we're like, you know, they're they're his. Uh, whereas Jack was like like a ghost. Uh, Mick and Pnub <laughs> uh, are like actual fucking zombies that are just walking around, um, and they they have the, the they have the best makeup designs too. Uh, Mick uh, Seth Green's character has a bottle shoved in his head, um, and walks around like that for the remainder of the movie. And uh, Elder Henson uh, Penub has uh, had his head severed, so if, like for for a lot of the movie, he's walking around holding his head until uh, Seth Green reattaches his head. With a fucking uh, with a giant fork and some duct tape. Well, he applies the duct tape after um, they try to eat burritos. Yes, which and is like, the grossest fucking thing. Yeah, with my favorite effect in the movie and shit. Well, that and the uh, the the hand fucking just going to shit in the microwave. Yes, um, those are my two favorite effects in the movie. Um, but Penub eats a burrito, and all the gook and shit fucking pours out of his neck. So Seth Green wraps it in duct tape. You know what I'm saying? And this is, I remember being in the theater and shit with my cousin Eric and shit, and just when it starts oozing out of the slit in his in his neck, it's just like, oh, grody, oh, that's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? But now it's just like you know, uh, I'm, I'm looking at it like, oh man, you know what I'm saying? You just appreciate the the, the makeup effects, you know. Because this movie, like like Patrick mentioned, uh, this movie does have great makeup effects and gore in it. Um, the hand after uh, Anton, which which I wanted to point out, uh, Anton Tobias is the most made up name I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like like like, I mean, kudos to to the screenwriters for for coming up with a name like that. But that shit is made up. Like, but like, it's like the opposite side of it, like you know, because like to me, like the the, the most two made up names I've ever heard in movies, and they look just like so opposite from each other is like Anton Tobias, and then uh, and uh, Never Back Down is Jake Tyler. You know what I'm <laughs> well, like, to be fair, you say Never Back Down. The fakest name that is a real name is Channing Tatum. Like, if you told me Channing Tatum's name was made up, I would believe you. And then I find out it's his real fucking name. I was like, did they make that man in a lab? Like, he's already impossibly handsome, and his name is Channing fucking Tatum. What the fuck? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, like he, like it, it, it sounds like an Abercrombie and Finch, uh, yes, model name, which, which of course he yes. was. <laughs> so it fits, but uh, no, he is a real person. <laughs> but like, like I remember, like watching Never Back Down is like, uh, uh, my name is Jake Tyler, and I'm like, that name is so fucking fake and made up, you know. <laughs> and then, like in here, it's just like. It's 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 a, it's, a, it's such a fake made up name and shit, but it's like it's alright because it's weird. Like who the fuck chose Anton Tobias as a name? But like it's it's not even like the most crazy name and shit because then you have Penub, um, <laughs> which uh, which which we should know is that the writer was uh, got the name from uh, the buckwheat sketch from Saturday Night Live, yes. where um, uh, buckwheat uh, Eddie Murphy as buckwheat was just saying he was singing looking for love. But because of uh, Buckwheat's uh, speech impediment, I guess, he goes, Wookin' Penub. Wookin' Penub in all the warm places. Wookin' Penub. And then, like, the writers just decided, like, yeah, that's a name. We're going to go with that. <laughs> Penub. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's, it's a very deep cut joke. Yes. It's like, who the fuck is, is, is going to know that? You know what I'm saying? Even people who are. Uh, uh, familiar with the sketch are going to be like, why the fuck would you name him Penub? To be fair, I don't think you ever actually... Do they ever even say his name on screen? No, they do. Okay, I don't... I know they say, like, Mick, but I don't think... I don't remember them ever saying Penub, but, like... um, I mean, to be fair, though, I do think... Everything about the movie, it's funny, because it's just, like... It's it's so fucking insane that I don't think you can question any of it, because it's just, like, why would you? Like, I was just, like... It's literally movie... About a guy's possessed fucking hand going on a murder spree. Murder spree. Like at that point, like once you've already invested in that aspect of it, what is why pull any thread? Like, like there's no the biggest thread is already ridiculous. Like what's the point in pulling other ones? <laughs> like there, there, there are like there are moments where this movie tries to play it. Fairly seriously, like, I would say, like, two, like, not even, not even. The opening scene is like the most serious moment in the movie, with the the murder of uh, Anton's parents. Yeah, like where like you think you're seeing a serious horror film, and then like right after that, the movie drops any pretense of being serious and shit. I was going to say the second moment may have been the scene with the fucking uh, the couple dressed as Kiss yes. are, are are getting busy in the car and they get. But then it's like they get murdered by a severed hand, so it's like this is not serious at all. And the, like, the severed hand fondles the, the, the woman for like a, a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but like there's that, and then also it's like the severed hand bashes the dude's head against the window until it explodes. Yes. Which is weird too, because you see it explode, and then the the head is intact when Anton finds the bodies later. So it's like, what the fuck exploded? Like you see a clear explosion of blood and 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 guts or whatever on the window. So what the fuck exploded? You know, I I don't know and shit. But it's like the movie doesn't give a shit. You know, because <laughs> it's just like this is not to be taken seriously at all. You know, I think the the most uh, uh, unrealistic part of this movie is that uh, Jessica Alba's character would have any interest in Anton whatsoever. Well, that's unfair because if we're being completely honest, like there is an entire generation of women, 
basically our entire generation who are still to this day fucking at least vaguely obsessed with Devin Sawa because he's so fucking pretty, especially in Casper. So, like, the idea that, like, they... It's really because they they position they like they make her uh, uh, like out to be like a punk rock chick, um, so him having his anarchic vibe between that and him being super pretty, I don't question it. Like I really don't. Yeah, but that's his only like like po- the positive factor about him is that he Devin Sal was so goddamn good looking. You know what I'm saying? Like this man's a fucking Slob in any. In, 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 well, yes, in, but she doesn't know all of that. Like it's like like she like. You don't have to. You could just look <laughs> at him and see this man is a fucking slob and shit. Like literally minutes before they 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 met and shit, he was using the back scratcher to scratch his nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like like of course she doesn't know that, but it's like like the man like Anton looks like he stinks. Like, <laughs> It, it, like he he looks like he smells like a bag of armpits. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like he looks like he smells like unwashed, uh, like weeks old unwashed ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, the only thing I will say to that is there are dudes in bands who literally live up to the description who get copious women. So like I'm just saying, is with her being like a punk chick, it is not. Unbelievable to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll give you that much. I'm like the only difference is uh, uh, th- those band members are rich and famous, and Anton. Not necessarily. Is not. Like I'm like 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 I was like I know people who were obsessed with Jake Casualty from the Casualties, which I know you've never heard of. But like, they're a street punk band. I guarantee you, like he got probably he's probably had more sex in his life than I have. But like. He's like the. I guarantee you, he does not bathe on a regular. He maybe maybe he does now. I guarantee you, in his heyday in the casualties, he did not bathe on a regular basis, uh, and like, he was still getting all kinds of women. So like, I'm just saying. Uh, like uh, also to add to your point, uh, I can imagine Gigi Allen got uh, yes. <laughs> amounts of women and. Um, yes. Don't yeah. You just said Gigi Allen. You're all set. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Google yeah, it. yeah. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> just Google Gigi Allen. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, like, yes, uh, that, that man definitely had copious amounts of sex. And yes. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I will say, on the punk rock thing, I do think one of the coolest things in the movie is they got uh, The Offspring yeah. um, to play two songs. And on top of that, um, Dexter from Offspring gets killed in a really glorious manner on the screen. Um, and thirdly, he's wearing an AFI shirt that I used to own. So, like, these things all make me very happy watching it now. They bring me washes of nostalgia. <laughs> like, yeah, he does die gloriously. Uh, the, the hand jumps on top of his head and rips off his scalp. Yep. You know, which which is... And it's a beautiful effect, too, because there's obviously... Uh, CGI added into there. Yeah, what's the thing I said? Like, 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 yeah, when you mix the two, you can get yeah. really fucking glorious results. And like, yeah, what, like CGI and practical is like, like, like yeah, and it's more impressive because this was 1999, and that effect uh, holds the fuck up to this yeah. day. You know, because like there, there are effects in here that don't hold up, like the morphing between the animatronic uh, 
snub head morphing back into yes. like Eldon Henson's uh, face. Yes. Uh, it, it's not as clean. I mean, to be fair, though, I will say that's a, thing, that's a common thing with like, no matter how good your, animist, your animatronic is, there's always something about it where you're like, if you're staring at it for more than like a second, you're like, that's very clearly not a person. <laughs> like, it's just like, there's always something unnatural about it. Just like, I mean, it's true with CGI too. It's like, when you have like a disembodied head, if you look at it for more than like a second, you're like, that's clearly not a human. Like, it's just like your brain just instantly is like, nope. Yeah. No, but that, 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 that death right there is still fucking holds up and it's still yeah. fucking great. Um, I mean, yeah. The the animatronic uh Penub head, uh it, it it looks if you stare at it for too long, it does look very fake. Um because it doesn't look like him at all. I mean, it's kind of sort of like if you squint real hard, <laughs> like 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 George Costanza hard, you know what I'm saying? It 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 kind of sort of maybe looks like him. But like it is a it is a great effect that they walk around with the severed head and shit and it's fucking talking and all that shit. You know, I like when uh, they just have it on the couch and shit, and he's throwing cheese puffs in, into the yes. mouth. Like, uh, which which leads to one of my favorite scenes in the movie, which uh, I don't know why it's, it's a favorite scene, because uh, it's connected to a scene that was deleted, um, where where uh, Anton murders the, where the hand murders the two cops while it's still attached to Anton. And uh, the severed head just goes, go, go, Buffalo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, but I also like the fact that too, where like it's just Seth Green throwing the cheese puff into the animatronic head. You know what I'm saying? Like well, that's great. Like and Ellen Henson and Ellen alone are like MVPs in of themselves. Like, they, if, if it wasn't for Devin Sawa being as good as he is, they would fucking steal the movie because oh, yeah. they're so fucking good. And also, it's funny because like it's weird. Like Eldon Henson, like has had. The most fucking bizarre career. Where like every time he's in something, it's awesome. But it's like I would have never guessed that like Fulton Reed of the Mighty Ducks franchise would later be like fucking Foggy Nelson on fucking Daredevil, and I would buy it. But I do like it is like the, the dude's a very versatile actor in of himself. Yeah, like and and he's so fucking great as Foggy that. When it was announced that he would not be returning to uh, Daredevil, uh, Twitter called a fucking conipsy. You know I mean, as saying? long as they don't replace him, I don't care. Like, it's like if yeah. you just do a season where there's no Foggy, there's no Karen, like there is whatever, that's fine. If you replace him, we have a serious fucking problem. <laughs> like yeah. that, but as long as they're just not there... We're cool. We're cool, Kevin Feige. <laughs> like, just don't yeah. recast them and we're all set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard it here first, Feige. Like, <laughs> you leave him alone and we won't have a problem. You bring in someone else, we have a huge fucking problem. Yeah. And I want you to know this. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, one of the uh, uh, iconic band brothers from uh, Mighty Ducks. Um, who lost his last name throughout the franchise? I realized recently. Yeah, By three. He's just Fulton. Even on the back of his jersey, they never call him Fulton Reed. He's just Fulton. Yeah, yeah. Which is which? Which is? It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least he's the, like the only one that fucking stood by uh, Charlie and all mm -hmm. that shit in, in three. And then even, but like even then, he gave up because Charlie was being a dick. You know what I'm saying? 
I mean, well, also Charlie being an insane person, where he's just like, "Well, we're like we're children, but we're still gonna make a, like, we're gonna make a career out of ho- fucking hockey at this age. We're just like we're gonna drop out of school and just be professional hockey players up in Canada, which is like the dumbest idea, just the dumbest fucking idea." Yeah, I mean, yeah, like like I remember. Uh, uh, we're about to go off on a serious uh, Mighty Talks tangent right now, but it's like uh, you know. Charlie, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, obviously, Charlie's the hero uh, of those movies. Um, but, like, so, with, the, like, the whole fucking uh, part three, I'm like, oh, why is this guy being a dick? And, like, that new coach uh, is, is Orion. Total, Coach Orion. Yeah, coach Orion. He's a, he's a total fucking prick. But then it's like, you know, you're watching as an adult, and it's like, Charlie, you're 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 a prick yourself. You know what <laughs> yes. Well, you watch it now, and I feel like I get Coach Orion more. Yeah. I've heard the fact he's like clearly trying to come in and like establish authority after like these kids have been like on the Bombay for like. Yeah, exactly. They've been like, yeah, they've been like treated as like whatever by Bombay for like however many like years at that point. And it's like so he's basically trying to come in and like establish. But he's clearly not a bad guy. He's just yeah. clearly just like trying to be like a the, the new coach. And that's why, like, when, like, but they show he's on a dick when it's just, like, when it comes down to it. And, like, he basically tells, like, the uh, the people that work, that run the school that, like, he quits if they get rid of the ducks. And it just, like, like well, bye. And he's, like, all right, fine, fuck it. So, like, yeah. he clearly isn't a bad dude. He just is, like, he just was established as, like, when you're a child, you're, like, that guy's an asshole. When you watch it now, it's, like, no, nah, that guy is just doing a coaching strategy. <laughs> like, 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 he is the pitch-perfect example of, like, uh, I know you don't really watch Family Guy, but, uh, they had a skit on there where, um, uh, like a cutaway where they did where uh, Peter uh, encountered like a hard ass with a heart of gold. He's like, "Oh man, that that, that guy's a hard ass." I'm like, yeah, but he just gave his entire paycheck to a school of like uh, uh, orphans, and then like, and Peter's like, mm. and it's like that's that's Orion right there. <laughs> Saying like where he's a hard ass and shit, but then it's like, oh yeah, well like his daughter is paralyzed and he takes care of her and he <laughs> skates with her on the ice, you know. And then it's like, hmm. Like, you know. <laughs> and then like he's never a prick again for the rest of the movie after that moment. <laughs> he's just he's just like like no now we have an understanding with him now 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 he's fine now we're cool with Orion. <laughs> I mean, especially because, like, they, well, also a big part of that is, like, there is the whole thing of, like, they establish in that whole bit that basically, because it's, like, because they also, I think they knew it's on some level that kids would basically, and it was true, would be like, no, no, we want Bombay. We want Milio Estevez. So, yeah. like, they basically, and Milio Estevez is like, but I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> right, so yeah. it's, like, they basically establish him kind of giving it over to Orion. We're just, like, it's, like, Orion's a great guy. Like, I, it's like, I love Orion. He's, like, he's the best guy in the world. And it's just, like, he's then, like, at the end of the movie, like, when, like, they, like, the ducks, like, thing comes down, he walks away, like, and, like whatever. I was just, like, that's very clearly, like, Emilio being, like, Peace like, out. <laughs> like, like, like they gave me my check. Bye. <laughs> I did my part. Like, peace on out, buddy. But yeah, like I always laugh at that part because it's like, hey, look what Bombay did. You know what I'm saying? And he's just like, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, Emilio got his check and bounced. He needs to go make the war at home. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which is a great fucking movie, by the way. I've never really. seen that movie, so I could not speak to it. No, I feel you as a director, though. Um. I know you like Men at Work. I've not seen that since I was a child. Um, but I do like Bobby. I, th- I thought Bobby was a cool movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, he's great. The War at Home is great. 
there, there, there's a moment in the war at home that lives rent free in my head ever since I saw it, where um where Emilio Estevez's character plays like a, a Vietnam veteran who's just come back from home and he's kind of like still a little shell shocked, and uh, his real life dad Martin Sheen is playing his father in the movie, and um Emilio's character has locked himself in his room and refused to come out and it's like it's like around Thanksgiving, and he's like uh is it just open this door and you hear Emilio go fuck off. <laughs> And, and Martin, she's like, what did you say? You heard me. Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and Martin, like, you little shit. You get out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that scene is like, like lives in my head rent free ever since. And I saw that movie like 30 years ago. <laughs> it's like, it's stayed with me ever since. Just the way he goes, fuck off. You heard me. Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. You know what I'm saying? But that's a really good fucking movie. And it's like, um, it's like, it's like when, uh, uh, um, when Jason Patrick used his fucking uh, Speed 2 paycheck to make your friends and neighbors. Yes. Or to, or to help fund your friends and neighbors and shit. Because that's the only reason he did that movie. Yes. That's the only reason Emilio did Mighty Ducks 3. Yes. Because like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, like, like, we'll give you this amount of money. And it's like, all right, fine. But I'm, but I'm only fucking showing up at three scenes and shit. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna let a banner fall at the end <laughs> of the movie. You know what I'm saying? And then, like you can literally, <laughs> like you can literally see the check in his pocket as he walks off the street. Just folds it up and like puts it in his pocket as he walks away. It, it, yeah. All right. All right. We're done here. Bye. <laughs> Look what Bombay did. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> He's a, like, like you could almost use that scene as like the fucking Jake Gyllenhaal gif when he's walking <laughs> off the set of Jimmy Kimmel. That's like that's like Emilio's version of that. Like, bye. See you later. No, absolutely not. Well, until he did fucking uh, Game Changers. Well, yeah. Then he fucked off like... again. Over the course of time, it's like because I feel like it was like it's kind of like you have like this happens all the time. Like fucking Kyle MacLachlan with like Twin Peaks and like all these people over there. Like no, no, we're, we don't. I don't want to play this character forever. Like I don't want to get typecast. I want to leave. And then like it becomes the most iconic thing they ever did in their life. So then it's like when like years later when somebody's like, hey, do you want to do it again? They're like yes, yes, let's do it right fucking now. Like I want that money. Like I want that fucking ascension. Please God, put me back in this thing. Yeah, like like uh, another perfect example is a uh, Steve Gutenberg with Police Academy. Like after part four, he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm doing three men and a baby." You know, what I'm saying fucking with Spock. Uh, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not making these fucking stupid ass Police Academy movies now. If you ask him, like, "Oh yeah, I would love to do another one. I would love to do another Police Academy." Yeah, yeah, put me in, Coach. You know, and it's like, yeah, no, nobody wants another Police Academy movie. No, nobody does. <laughs> and I, I want, I want to dispute that, but I will say. Um, seeing Steve Gutenberg in like Party Down and Veronica Mars, I was like, that dude has untapped potential. Like, it's like they like, I would like to see him in things now just by virtue of the fact that I'm like, I think he was more interesting than he was ever given like the the reign to be when he was yeah. like during his initial like hot streak. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, you know, at least we got him as Lobo Moronga. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, I love that movie. Like like and the funny thing too is like, uh, it has that movie has two different titles. You know, there's I saw it as Don't Tell Her It's Me, uh, but like apparently it's also known as The Boyfriend School. Okay. Um, but I will always refer to it as Lobo Morunga. <laughs> you know, 
that that is a fantastic movie, and Steve Gutenberg is fantastic in it. And then that was like that was it after that. You know, nobody gave a shit about Steve Gutenberg anymore. Yeah. Um, I will say though, you might not like this, but um, uh, I thought he was great in uh, Lava Lantula, um, which was basically like uh, something that was made off the heels of Sharknado. I said, I don't even know what the fuck that even is. <laughs> so I like, can't even like argue with like, you. Like, like, it's basically, remember that movie Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones? Of course. Uh, it's, it's, oh, it's, although, to be fair, I will say, I remember that movie existing, but I cannot tell you in my head what was Dante's Peak and what was Volcano. Like, in my head, they're the same movie. Like, I, like, I mean, obviously they have different stars, but like, in my head, I don't know which one's which. <laughs> No, well, like, uh, the, all right, I'll, I'll tell you the difference. So Dante's Peak is the one that takes the volcano seriously. Vo- volcano does not. <laughs> no, it's like, like imagery wise, like my brain. It's like there's things that like it's all. If you like, it's like if you played one or the other, I would be like, where is that scene? Because I remember it from the other one. Like it just like. No, not for well. Uh, Lava Lantern is basically volcano. With a but, dredge, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, with giant tarantulas and shit infused with lava. So, Avalanche. Like, it was made off the heels. Like, you know, some some producers must have saw that uh, uh, Sharknado was fucking, became incredibly popular for whatever fucking reason. Um, and they were like, hey, we want in on that. So, uh, we uh, they made Lavalanchula starring Steve Gutenberg. They also got um, Michael Winslow in there. Uh, and um, so they have like uh, two, they have two leads of Police Academy. <laughs> no, they actually have four. Oh wow! Uh, I, I, uh, uh, Leslie Easterbrook is in there as well, um, and in a smaller part, I believe. And um, oh my God, what was the name of um? Oh my God, her name is slipping my mind right now, and she and, and I'm, I'm fucking totally just just ashamed of myself. But um, uh, Honey with the uh, with the the sweet voice with that. She's in there too. She's in there too. So it's like uh, they they have four cast members of uh, Police Academy in there. Um, there's also a great moment in there, not to spoil it, but uh, where uh, Steve Gutenberg and Michael Winslow are fucking driving to fucking fight the giant lava lanchulas, and Michael Winslow is doing his shtick, and you can see Steve Gutenberg trying his hardest not to laugh, like where it's just like, like where where it's obvious he wants to laugh, where he's doing the. And it was like you could tell that was obviously the best take that they could like you, you could tell he probably lost it every other take and that was the best one because that was the one where he actually didn't laugh. But like that was actually was was fun and like you know this this is obviously like you know uh meant to be like kind of like stupid ass movie. It's the sequel that sucks. Uh Two Lava to Lanchula. <laughs> that is the greatest title. Oh fuck yes. Yeah, like that's the best thing about that movie though, is the title and shit, because the rest of the movie is kind of boring. I fell asleep. To be fair, I, I to this day, uh, I wanted to like Sharknado, but like I literally just had no interest in it. It's like it's like it's like the thing I said before, where it's just like when you can tell that people were trying to make a good movie and they like accidentally made a kind of terrible movie, like those movies are usually still appealing on some level where you're like you're still like engaged with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, at least for me, whereas like when you set out to make a shitty movie and you made a shitty movie, I just I I can't generally find myself find a way for myself to care. Like it just like I'm just like yeah no I get it you're making fun of it. I get it I, I don't I don't care like just fuck no. off like no. I, I submit shit. No yeah I feel I feel fuck your irony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um 
I remember uh, part. I lent part four to uh, my girlfriend at the time because uh, she she wanted to watch it. And um, this is the funniest review, the best review of Sharknado four you will ever hear. So like, uh, she watches it, and uh, and then I I call her afterwards. I'm like, so what did you think of Sharknado four? And there's a slight pause, and then she goes. That movie was a piece of shit. <laughs> that was a shit NATO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And like, that's the best review of that movie you're gonna hear and shit. Because that series was fucked. Um, anyways, back to Idle Hands. Because <laughs> yeah. we've gotten so far away from it. <laughs> but yeah. Um... But no, Elton Henson's great. Seth Green. It, well, Seth Green was always kind of like it's so weird. Like Seth Green never got to be like a lead in things really because like as a supporting guy. He was the best part of, like, so many things that he was in. Like, even movies that, like, I actually do like, and even movies that I don't. But, like, can't hardly wait. He's the best part of. Like, there's, like, so many movies that you could point to, like, without a paddle. Like, you could point to and be like, even though I don't necessarily like this movie, or I do like this movie, but, like, you still point to him and be like, but the best part is Seth Green. Like, no matter what, the answer is always, like, Seth Green. I mean, like, um, it's been a while since I've seen him, but I remember um, him nearly walking away with uh, Airborne. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, he's, like... Although, to be fair, <laughs> that's not really, like... To steal a movie from that main actor whose name I can't even recall is not a hard thing to do. <laughs> like, that's not a... Like, that's not difficult. I, like, you know, like, as a matter of fact, if I, I think his name is Shane McDermott. Shane something. Okay, yes. Okay, Sh- that makes sense. Okay. Shane McDermott, which is is a name, like, like Channing Tatum, which sounds completely sounds fucking up. made up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like he, 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 he was an actor that seems like he was built in a fucking factory. Yeah. Like, they, they manufactured a heartthrob. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna call him Shane McDermott. Like, like he sounds like a fucking like he sounds like that should have been his fucking name in the movie. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, Airborne though. The, the person I would say most walks away with it because the person who I think about when I think of Airborne is Jack Black. Like Jack Black is only a little bit of it, but Jack Black is to me the most memorable part. Um, I totally forgot I, he's in that. That's the, I never. I don't. I usually don't think about Airborne. <laughs> But when I do think of how Airborne, dare you, how dare no, you not think I, about Airborne? I, I'm nothing against Airborne. It's fine. It's just like to me, Airborne is like, um, it's like thrashing, but not as fun. Like it just like where it's like thrashing is like the the fun version of Airborne, and it came out before. Um, yeah. Whereas like Airborne is more like. I, and I, I mean, okay, I don't know if they were actually taking it seriously or not when they made Thrashen, but I was like, I would guess they weren't taking it super seriously, whereas Airborne, they were very much taking it super seriously. And I'm just like, I don't know that you should take exploitation this seriously. <laughs> like, I feel like there's a problem when you're doing a movie where people's fates are saved by action sports. That's a that's a that's a huge that's a taking that seriously is a big fucking leap to make is all I'm saying. No, like I remember when you were you were uh, coercing me into watching Thrashing. Yes. Um, it was like uh, today's a good day for Rob to watch Thrashing, and I <laughs> I still find that funny because I ended up watching Gleaming the Cube first. Which, okay, to be fair, I did not know you had not seen Gleaming the Cube at the time. I assumed you had. 
So, like, when I had found out that, I was like, oh, no, you definitely should have watched Gleam in the Cube first. I'm not disputing that. I just thought you had seen Gleam in the Cube because Gleam in the Cube was, like, constantly on cable and shit when we were kids. So, like, I assumed you had seen that. Yeah. And, like, I, I remember being it being on cable all the time and I just never fucking watched it. But when I finally watched Gleam in the Cube, I'm like, yeah, I should have been fucking watching this because this is awesome. Yes. Um, and then I watched Thrashing and, and like, my, my first old when I got, you know, when I finished it was... The makers of Airborne really like this movie, huh? <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> like, Airborne is thrashing for the 90s set. You know what I'm saying? They just replaced the uh, skateboards with rollerblades. Which, you know yes. They, basically, they swapped out one popular youth item for, the, the at the time, the new popular youth item. Which, yeah. I mean, again, I feel like against Airborne, Airborne's fine. It's just, like, I don't think of it often because I'm just, like... If ever I had the desire to watch Airborne, I feel like that would be instantly overtaken by my desire to watch Thrashing instead. Like, because Thrashing fucking rules. Yeah. Yeah, Thrashing does fucking rule. Uh, I, um, ever since I watched it, like, uh, I found that scene on YouTube with, uh, with the, 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 the skate chase. Yes. We played, uh, was it Wild in the Streets? Yes. And and I, I frequently watched it, just watched that scene. You know what I'm saying? Like I got downtime. Which makes me at work. so happy, <laughs> like to know that Rob is constantly watching a clip featuring skateboarding and the circle jerks. Like that just that fills my heart with glee. <laughs> that scene rules. Yes, scene, it does. Like like, like that, that scene fucking does rule and shit. Like that is that, that is an awesome fucking scene. Um, but yeah, um, I totally like. I re- I always remember Seth Green in there, but I totally forgot that uh, Jack Black is in there. Yeah. Um, but like, it's funny too because uh, I remember uh, years and years ago and shit. My sister was in a chat room talking to a guy, um, and uh, she was like, "So what do you look like?" And and uh, he said, "Girls all the time tell me I look like Seth Green." Um, <laughs> and, and like I I was Poor walking man. by, and, like and I was walking by. And my sister goes, Rob, who the fuck is Seth Green? And and my answer, my response was, the cousin from Airborne. Because me and her used to watch Airborne all the time. And she go, her response was, ill. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and she stopped talking to him. Apologies to Seth. Apologies to Seth Green. I do not think he's a bad looking guy and shit. But um, apparently my sister does. So I mean, apologies. You shouldn't apologize. I mean, that man is a beautiful wife. So like clearly there's a they can. Somebody has to type, and that's Seth Green, and it's beautiful yeah. women. So, like, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Who, who, who cares what my fucking sister thinks? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, his wife I saw in um, the movie that uh, he directed um, with uh, Breckin Meyer in it. And, like, I was like, oh, who is that chick? And I was like, that's his wife. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I was just like, how did Seth Green land that woman? I'm like, that makes no sense. That tiny ginger. Like, how did he do it? Like, why am I not surprised that uh, uh, d- directed by Seth Green and starring Brecken Meyer will appear in like the same sentence? And <laughs> you know also featuring a cameo from Macaulay Culkin. So yes, like like uh, also uh, another thing that just does not, not surprise me, <laughs> not surprising at all that uh, uh, Seth Green directed a movie that features Brecken Meyer and Macaulay Culkin in it. Was Mila Kunis also in there as well? No, it does have Macaulay Culkin's second girlfriend, his most recent girlfriend. And I think that he's oh. with now Brenda Song. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, 
because they broke up. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess they still cool and shit because yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're fine. He, Seth, Seth, Seth and uh, Mila still have to be cool because they still do Family Guy together. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's like that must be weird and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like my homies broke up and shit, and uh, you know I'm I'm still cool with the both. Like I hate when that fucking happens and when you're trapped in the middle of that shit. Like I would not want to be Seth Green. Anyways, back to Idle Hands. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, the best like Seth Green, you already mentioned his makeup, but also yeah, like he gets like because like I would say. The best part of the movie, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like lie. It is definitely uh, Devin Sawa and his performance. But the second best part is Seth Green and Eldon Henson because yeah. like they get brilliant dialogue, they get cool fucking makeup, and they make Eldon Henson look tall. So like comparing all these things together, it's like good for them. Like because Eldon Henson, not a tall man from what I've learned of Daredevil, like not a tall man. But, like, they make him look tall next to Seth Green. So, good for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, though, that um, you, you are right on the dialogue because um, there's a line of dialogue in this movie that I use to this day in my everyday life and shit. I actually used to use on uh, uh, Cinema Drunkies and shit as, like, the outro, which is, catch you on a flip-flop. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that line particularly stayed with me, but it has. Um, so, it's like, you know. I used to say that shit to Mac all the time and shit, like when when uh, we'd be smoking weed in his crib and shit, and then uh, and then uh, you know I'd leave and shit, you know, catch you on the flip flop. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why is, why is that the line of dialogue that stayed with me? But um, yeah, 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 the dialogue is fucking great in this movie. Yes. Um like the the they have the the best introduction to Mick and, and Penob and shit where uh. Penelope was saying, like, yeah, if your mom had teeth, she soon she wouldn't suck dick so well. What's your point? And it's like, <laughs> that's our introduction to these characters and shit, them talking to each other like that. Also, but uh, my favorite uh, line is um, after uh, Anton cuts off the hand and then he throws it in the microwave and fucking <laughs> and splatters it. Uh, Mick and Penelope have left uh, to go get, like, bandages and, you know, antiseptive and, you know what I'm saying, to to clean up his his severed wound, uh, especially after fucking uh, they used an iron to cauterize. What you have to say? I don't think you need to clean it up if you fucking cauterize it. At that point, you're good. Like I mean, that's I mean, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I feel like once you've burned a wound closed, there's not a lot else you can do. Totally. But um, they also come back with burritos. Yes. Um, uh, and they're going to heat up the burritos. It was like, oh man, that's gross. Uh, we should clean that up first. And then uh, Mick goes, yeah, and while we're at it, we can clean up the whole fucking house. <laughs> this, this ain't our mess. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that, that, is, that, is, that, is, a, that is a true-to-life uh, stoner uh, response to that kind of thing because I would have said the same thing. I'm like, I'm not fucking cleaning this shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? I, I also wouldn't have used the microwave, but I'm not fucking cleaning this either. Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with um, I know we've mentioned. Uh, oh well, you've definitely mentioned uh, your uh, uh, little obsession you had with. Uh, well, I won't say little. You had a major obsession with Jessica. Oh Hall. yes, and also I wouldn't say had because that implies past tense. It still exists. It's just like it's less now because she's been married to this dude for like decades. But like on the day that dude fucks up, I'm just saying I will be there. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's like the best thing that came out of that, them Fantastic Four movies for her. Okay, I mean, you're not wrong, but it's still hurtful. That's still a hurtful thing to say. Well, the, that first one, too, that first one kind of fucking... I like the first one. I like the first one. I 
like the first one. The second one I hate because the second one is just like so relentlessly dumb. But like the first one at least is like it's fun comic book movie bullshit. Whereas the second one is just like, holy lord, like. No, but it's like the, the first one is a fucking is too much of a goddamn comedy and shit. Where like the, the second one, at least it has Silver Surfer doing ill Silver Surfer shit. Yeah, until, until it fucking ruins Galactus, and then no, yeah, like... the, the Silver Surfer stuff I have no issue with. It is like all the stuff without Silver Surfer I fucking hate. Like yeah. like like the first twenty minutes I wanted to walk out. Like I was just like this is unwatchably bad. And then like once Silver Surfer co- shows up, I was like okay, this is fine. And like when Silver Surfer goes away again, I'm like. Oh God! Here we are again, whack with the shitty times. And then, like, then Silver Surfer shows up again, and I'm happy again. And that's basically my, that's my that's my experience watching Rise of Silver Surfer. Yeah, like, like that's the only reason to watch it because what they do to fucking Galactus in there is just awful. Yes. Like, how the fuck you turn one of the greatest Marvel villains into a, just a space cloud? Like, really, really? This was this was your your big fucking tidal wave of an idea. Well, also, I mean, the only thing is, I will say, is like that that time period. Um, a, the Ultimate Comics were a big thing, and the, in the Ultimate Comics, Galactus was kind of like um, like a swarm of like locusty creatures, um, and also it was a time when it's just like comic book movies seem to be realistic, and it's just like we can't have a big fucking like giant guy like coming in eating like. All right, like whatever. I don't. I don't fucking care. Like it's like it's like the the, the problems with that movie to me do not begin and end with how shitty they did Galactus. <laughs> like like my problems start way before that. So like when they, by that by that point, I'm just like I don't even care anymore. Just whatever. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. But yeah, um, but yeah, like uh, I would also like to throw in that uh, I was a huge uh, obsessive fan of Jessica Alba. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, as as Patrick, I still am. Um, uh, I, I can't remember the last thing I seen there. Was it Mechanic Resurrection? Which her, which her character was utterly fucking pointless. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think of... I honestly don't remember. I'm trying to like think. I, <laughs> I, I know she still works, but... Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen her in a while. Like, uh, I, I do remember her in a... Mechanic Resurrection because number one her character was fucking dumb, um, <laughs> and number two she has a scene where uh, she's in a bikini on a beach and uh, they have a shot of her walking away into the water, and it's just like, god damn it. <laughs> uh, years later and Jessica Alba still does it, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, oh boy, you know what I'm saying? But like yeah, like you know th- that was like a, an awakening for me, you know what I'm saying? watching Jessica Alba on screen and shit. And it's like, I, I'm still just bugged out by the fact that she, she's like falls in love with Anton, like almost immediately because he, uh, sexually assaults her. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, okay. He, he does. He does like, and, and, she, and, and she likes it, which is creepy. Um, What's I'm saying? like she's clearly into what the hand is doing. So it's like it's essentially um, consensual non-consent, if you will, uh, which is a real thing that exists. So like, whatever. Like I'm not kink shame. I'm not gonna kink shame anyone. People people can live their lives. Yeah. Um, like the hand grabs her ass and shit, yeah. and she's like appalled at first, and she was like, "I'm impressed. I didn't think you would have the balls to do something like that." He's like, "Oh God." 
And I guess they have sex, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, they, they still got their clothes on and shit, but, like, the way they just laying in bed, and, like, they seem like they just fucked. Like, yes, they, and, and that's, that's the implication I got, too. But at the same time, I also know that, like, she had a very strict, like, no nudity thing. Yeah. So, like, to the extent that, like, um, the one thing that is massively different from the Sin City comics to the Sin City movies is, in the comics, Nancy is never clothed. And in the movies, Nancy is always clothed. So it's like, that's the one thing that is different. Like, from, like, those two, like, yeah. the, the translation that Rodriguez did. Oh, like, yeah, and then, uh, and, and, and Machete, uh, she has the shower scene. Yeah. Um, which he digitally removed her clothes, with her permission. Yeah. Because she was, she was wearing clothes in that shot. Um, and he digitally removed them to make her look naked. But, uh, like, yeah. Um... Wait, 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 what, uh, no, 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 that came after, uh, uh, Machete Kills, you know what I'm saying, which her, like, her two-minute cameo in Machete Kills, which is, like, dumb, but, uh, I can see why she didn't want to do it, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have wanted to do it either, because Machete Kills is kind of fucking bad. Yeah, I don't like that movie at all, which is a bummer, it's like, because I remember, like, because even the first Machete, though, I think is okay, but, like, um, my whole thing was, like, I used to, when I was younger, I would like, tr- like basically like when Netflix was a thing and I worked in a video store, I would basically track directors' entire careers and you could see like the build up, the peak, and then like the kind of the downfall. Uh, but I never experienced that in real time until like um, Rodriguez and Kevin Smith started to make mediocre movies in like the like late 2000s. Yeah. And I was just like, oh no, it's <laughs> happening. I never actually had to like, Watch this as an invested fan before. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, that sucks. Um, it is what it is, though. I mean, uh, Rodriguez's new new one looks okay. No, Rodriguez. Um, okay, the thing is, like Rodriguez, I'll give, and actually, I think Kevin Smith too. Um, like they're not necessarily making like bad tr- stuff now. They're just not making their 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 best days are clearly behind them. Is yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, I get that. Oh yeah, yeah. There's 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 uh, another cast member we haven't mentioned, uh, uh, Vivica Fox. Oh, I mentioned Vivica Fox, like is Jack Newsworthy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 but, but 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 like we haven't thoroughly talked about yes. her. Um, she plays uh the 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 druid uh, priestess who is uh, uh her her mission is to destroy the evil that that possesses the hand. Um. And she has one of the the, the, the best uh, lines in the movie where um says, oh, uh, we have to destroy it before midnight or it's going to take uh, your girlfriend to hell. Say, like, oh, it's not even nine yet. We got loads of time. No, it's actually six minutes to midnight. Druid time. <laughs> it's Druid time. It was... <laughs> I should also note that um, I don't think I noted it when you mentioned it, but um, I had also, uh, because I rewatched this movie fairly recently, like, I would say like last month or February. Um, at the time of this recording, we're in April. Um, uh, I also recently found out that Jack Noseworthy was a, a gay man. Um, I did not know that. Um, and yeah, like uh, uh, I, I am actually a huge fan of Jack Noseworthy, and I wish no, I no, I, I yeah, no, I, I thought he was like I thought I like, posted the other day, like when I was just like when I was like I remember when Jack Noseworthy were the wow. When Jack Noseworthy was a thing, um, because like I was like, he used to be in everything, and I was always happy to see him. And then like he just kind of went away. 
Yeah, which always bummed me out and shit because um, I remember him specifically from uh, the MTV show Dead at 21. Yep, me too. Yep, that's where I remember when I first saw him. Yep. Yeah, that's why I, I always remember him. And then he was, uh, he played uh, Pamela Anderson's brother in Barbed Wire. Barbed Wire. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, he was in um, Event Horizon. Uh, he was in this. Uh, he was in uh, what was it? U five seven one. Yep. Uh, the submarine movie, which uh, which I I, I realized um, I didn't even notice that uh, he's uh, a frequent uh actor in uh Jonathan Mostow movies. Oh okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, cause he's in Terminator Three. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, like his scene was deleted. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, where uh, it, it explains where the Terminator got the Austrian accent from. Yes, <laughs> which is which is a great scene. Like, like I don't know why they took that scene out, but left in like like all the other dumb shit that they had in Terminator Three, <laughs> like the talk to the hand shit. Um, okay, I mean with Terminator Three, don't even try to like wonder. Like, don't don't just just don't think about it. It's fine. Just just let it not exist. It's fine. It's just just let it go. It's fine. <laughs> like, like, let me tell you something. Like, I'm a huge fan of a uh, Leonard Moulton as a, a critic. Um, but, uh, I, I have frequently disagreed with him on his, like he, he, uh, famously was not a fan of the first gremlins. Yeah, I know. Which is why he cameos in gremlins too, where they murder him. Yes. Um, but he also gave a higher rating to Terminator three over Terminator two. Yes. Uh, and cause I used to get his, like his, uh, video movie uh, yeah. review guide books all the time. I had like. Uh, every edition for like years, 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 and he gave Terminator two two and a half stars, and he gave Terminator three three stars because he said like you know it it you know it has no like I think he like I don't know if he used the word pretentious, but like uh, like it was implying that he felt that Terminator two was pretentious, and uh, like uh, Terminator three it simply looks to entertain you know what I'm saying it's like really dude. Really, like you didn't like Terminator Two, but you like this, which is essentially a remake of Terminator Two, just dumber. Yep. Um, all power to you, Leonard Moulton. All power to you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I, I just wish I saw Jack Jack Noseworthy and more stuff because I've always liked him as an actor. Yeah. Uh, he, he's always he's incredibly charismatic, um, especially in here. Uh, he has my favorite line in the movie. Um, where where they find Anton in the high school, he calls him an evil hosting fuck stick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's my favorite line in the movie. And it's and it's it a lot due to his delivery of it. A, you evil hosting fuck stick, and then he just slugs him in the stomach. That's for taking my Ford. <laughs> Even though he also like his character is also kind of shitty because he also does uh. Uh, seemingly uh, sexually assault um, Vivica Fox character after she's hit by the, the truck. Oh, and, uh, yeah, okay. And uh, he uses uh, the, the opportunity to, like, you know, like, under the pretense that he's giving her mouth-to-mouth to, like, make out with her. And she's like, oh, you got the barf breath. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, but he also, you know, took advantage of you, so like, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> Not many characters in this movie are pure. <laughs> the one, the one truly pure character 
is uh, the character played by Tom DeLonge uh, at the um, drive-thru, uh, at the, the fast food station. He, Tom DeLonge, he has one bit of dialogue, but he doesn't do a single wrong thing in the entire film. Like when Anton takes over for him, he just goes on his merry way. So oh, therefore, yeah. the one pure character is Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. Oh, yeah, when he tells him, like, I'll take your break, I'll take over. No, all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just leaves. <laughs> Tom DeLonge did nothing wrong. That was an unfortunate <laughs> rhyme, but there we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Also, um, we should note that uh, the, the climax of the movie is actually a reshoot. Yes. Um, because they had a, a grander climate. I think that's probably where all the money went. Because, as you mentioned before, it, they obviously spent quite a bit of money on this movie. I mean, it wasn't like a, a huge amount, but it was a lot more than what a movie like this would usually get. Oh, well, yeah. Like, that's like now, like, it would be like Death Counts, where it's made for like a couple million dollars. Like, it's like, yeah. it's like back then, I think this was like something like somewhere between like 20 and 40. And it was just like. Which, but that also used to be a thing in Hollywood. Like the mid-budget movies existed, whereas like now that's not a thing. It's like either things are like two hundred million dollar movies or like five million dollar movies. There's like nothing in between anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. Mid mid-budget movies are a thing in the past. Like the only ones that are still making mid-budget movies are like uh, Gerard Butler. Um, I mean, I guess, but like I still feel like they're spending a decent amount of money on those movies. Yeah, the budget for this was twenty five million. Okay. Yeah, that that is that is a lot for this type of movie, and it only made four point two million at the box office, so this super bombed. Yeah. Which which is unfortunate, um, but yeah, like the the climax is supposed to like have like hell and like fire and brimstone in it, and uh, uh, they decided that like no, we should go smaller, so it just ends in the fucking auto shop, uh. And I like the death of the hand. Also, I think part of it was also like um, the vibe of it was more like dramatic. Yeah. And the rest of the vibe of the movie is much more like comedy horror. So I guess test audiences were like, what the fuck? Which, I mean, rightly so. Like, I mean, like I because I don't dislike the original ending. They they have it like on the um, like special features. Yeah, I don't dislike it. But I do like the one that we got where it's like the hand in the little fucking puppet and like fucking them using the giant fucking bong and like all that like it's like all that shit I think is great like so it's like I definitely think that fits the vibe of the movie really, really well. Like yeah, uh, Mighty Joe Bong. <laughs> yes. Which makes no sense because uh, it's obviously a reference to Mighty Joe Young, and yeah. that does not rhyme. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was saying, yeah, it gets the hand high to disorient it, King and then bong uh, would have been more appropriate. Yeah. Um. And then uh, Vivica Fox's character comes in and she throws a dagger in it and it just kind of poofs. Yes. It goes... <laughs> and Mick is like, that's it? <laughs> no, like... <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying? I also like how... Uh, uh, because... Uh, the, I, I don't know how to hand pull this shit off and shit, but like, who cares? It doesn't fucking matter because this movie's silly as fuck. Um, it ties... Jessica Alba to the top of a car. Yes. And then fucking is raising her up to be crushed onto the ceiling. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, they definitely had her like, like where like they stop it right before she gets crushed. And it's like, her nose is pressed against the ceiling. So it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, I hope they had that time to where it's like, it wouldn't actually go that far because that shit looked fucking serious as fuck. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, and then the fucking car fucking uh, crushes Anton and shit. So you know, next time we see him, he's in a full body cast. Yes. Which he's living out his dream and shit. Where his dream is like you know, to to, to be laid up and shit, watching TV and shit while a hot chick feeds him food, yes. which is exactly what he gets. Yes. Well, I like how like Mick and Penub come back as angels. It's like, because yeah. of course they made it to heaven, <laughs> um, and then they fucking prank him by by saying, "I'm under the bed," and it's like, "You think we should tell him?" Ah, eh, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like yeah, they're such great friends, like the two of them. You know, what I'm saying like to to, to terror, ter- terrorize their friend like that who just went through a horrible ordeal. I mean, in all fairness, he did murder them. Yes, that is true. I mean, it wasn't exactly his fault, but it, 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 he did murder them. So it's just like, yeah, yeah it tracks. I also like when they they dis- they dis- they dis- all discover he is the murderer. Yeah. Well, um, uh, uh, when it, like it was obvious the mother tried to write uh, and Anton and blood. Yeah. It was like and they were killed by ants. <laughs> yes. And then like they they find the mom like with a torn piece of Anton's shirt in her hand. It was like. The killer was wearing your shirt. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna go down nine one one. What's the number? <laughs> it's like, That's the, and actually, I never really thought about it, but like, um, also another reason I probably liked this is like, despite my being straight edge, I've always been like, a really big fan of stoner comedies, and this is basically like a really pitch perfect like when you take horror and stoner comedy, stoner comedy, and like jam them together. It doesn't happen often. Usually, apparently not like on a big budget. Usually, the best you get is like the Evil Bong series from the Full Moon's uh, imprint. But like, this is a really good way to do that. Like, where it's like it's, you basically have like characters that are like reminiscent of like as you said, like Jay and Bob, or like Bill and Ted, or like Cheech and Chong, whatever, and like use them as kind of like the Rose and Transom Gildan turn of this shit. Uh, uh, I thoroughly disagree with uh, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted are not stoners. Okay, people say that, and I was like. Because like, I remember, like when um, three was coming out, they were like, "They're not stoners," and I was like, "So you're saying they're mental defectives?" I much prefer the idea of them being stoners. Like that's much that, that bothers me less than them uh, being mental defectives. I feel, you, I feel, you, I feel. You. But uh, I, yeah, I, I just think that like you know they're just valley dudes. You know what I'm saying? Just like, <laughs> you know. Um, but like, yeah, this movie was definitely intended to like be watched while inebriated. Um. The makers of this movie were definitely thinking of the the stoner crowd when uh, they were putting this together. I mean, even though it's like it, it makes the case of like, you know, um, uh, not being a stoner and shit. Like, you know, where Anton like puts the fucking uh, foot down where um, Mick is like, oh, like you need to relax, you know, get Anton high. He gives him the he gives him a like a ill fucking bud. You know what I'm saying? Like an ill thick one too, like for his uh his his asthma pipe. <laughs> and, and the funny thing, like you know, what I'm saying this is why Seth Green is great and shit. You know what I'm saying? Because people won't notice this, but uh, Anton's like, no, no, fuck that, and he takes it and he throws it down, and the look of sadness on Seth Green's face <laughs> yes. as he throws it away, he's like, like he's so sad because the man got rid of the butt he just gave him. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> face always kills me every time I see it, you know. But um, there's one final cast member I will mention, and there's, there's no reason to. Well, there's two. 
I should say. Uh, the the two cops, one of them played by Sean Whaleman, uh, of course Roach from yeah. uh, the people on the stairs. Yeah. Uh, shout outs to him. You know what I'm saying? He will always be Roach to, yes. to me. Oh, also the from the Got Milk commercial. Also, uh, um, he was the newspaper boy in Batman Returns. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, hideous Penguin Man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That shit. Like yeah, I remember that. Um. That's right. Um, but like the 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 dude playing his partner, I I don't know his name. And forgive me, sir, um, if you're listening. Uh, you know, but um, I always remember him as uh from as the dude from the the Cosby Show episode where um Vanessa goes out with her friends to the concert, and uh like he's like oh like you know. Uh, I can get you guys backstage. You just show me your tickets. And they give him his tickets and he runs off with them. <laughs> <laughs> Which leaves them stranded outside of the concert. They're like That's the famous episode where um, Claire uh, uh, gives uh, Vanessa the business for, for lying and sneaking out and all that shit. Uh, uh, I always remember that scene, but like I always remember that dude from from like every time I see him, I was like, that's the dude that stole Vanessa's tickets. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like uh, they they the two cops that fucking uh they fuck with, uh, like like there was that great scene where they, we meet them earlier, and um, uh like oh like I remember you guys were seniors when I was a freshman. Like yeah, you you were you and your buds were getting high, and you you wouldn't invite us, and you were dorks. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying this to the seniors, you know what I'm saying? And and they give him they give him a citation of two hundred dollars because uh. He had an empty baggie of weed in his pocket, which weren't even his pants. They were Penub's pants. Um, he said, you can't Thanks cite for me for littering. having... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. It was it was actually for the littering because, like, they literally cannot cite him for having an empty bag of weed. Um, so they gave it for littering $200, and then he used the ticket to, to smoke nutmeg and oregano later. Which, holy shit. I don't even smoke, and that seems horrifying. I, I, I've... I've and, and it might have been because of this movie, but I've done the nutmeg thing, and it sucks. <laughs> it fucking sucks. Never do that, people. That is a lie. Um, you will not get high off a combination of nutmeg and oregano. You will only burn your fucking soul, like, after inhaling. Like, the, the, where he goes, and he goes, and he fucking uh, and pours the water and the dish liquid in his mouth, which was an improvisation on Devin Sawa's part. Like, uh, that wasn't in the script. He just decided he saw the dish liquid and he decided to pour it in his mouth and they just left it in. Um, but like, yeah, that, that is true. That is true. That is the exact reaction you will have. Don't ever fucking do that. <laughs> like, I, I'm serious here. I'm serious. As a former pothead myself, don't ever fucking do that. Don't ever smoke nutmeg and oregano. I won't. I won't it, do it. <laughs> it, it is awful. Awful, but I also like the scene where like uh, he murders the two cops, like yes. when they when they shoot Penub in the head. <laughs> Mick is like, "Oh, you should just kill them." <laughs> and Anton does just that. He stabs the he stabs uh, uh, Vanessa's ticket stealer through through the ears with uh, the knitting needles, which is so and, cool. I love it so much. Yeah, 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 and and it's an amazing shot too. Like the, how yeah. they pulled it off and shit is amazing because you see it go through. Yeah, like like through one ear and out the other and shit. While like the actor's head is still in the yeah. frame, yeah, it's not like some trickery. Like 
I would like to know how they did that because that shit looks awesome. And then uh, they they sh- he shoots a uh, roach in the face with a stun gun and electrocutes him. Yeah, and and that that's pretty rad. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, uh, all, all around rad movie still to this day. Um, I still I still fucks with Idle Hands Heavy. Me too. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the entire cast is great. Uh, Rob Robin Flynn did a fantastic job putting this together, and then like you know. I mean, it shouldn't be surprising, you know what I'm saying, if uh, you're a fan of Leprechaun 2. Um, One thing, I actually watched Leprechaun 2 because of Idle Hands. I was like, I had really no interest in Leprechaun 2, and then I was just like, it was just like, Robin Flood directed I'm like, God damn it, all right. And then so I, was like, I ended up watching it because of that. And no, yeah, that's all, I also do enjoy Leprechaun 2. Yes, no, that's, 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 that's a solid film as well. Like, it's, it's a great double feature issue because it, yeah. has a, it has the same, like, kind of vibe to it. It's just yeah. that... Leprechaun 2 is obviously made on the budget that Idle Hand should have been made on. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, it would have been made on shit if it was made in any other era. You know what I'm saying? It would have been made on the same exact money, which is no money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, Fl- Flender is from the, uh, the, the, the Corman uh, School of Filmmaking, so it makes sense. Um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie still fucking rocks. You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely still fucking rocks. So it's like, if you've never seen it, we highly recommend checking it out. If you're into like uh, the the horror comedy thing, you, you know you can't. You know you can always do worse. Um, like no, I and there's mean, also it's, it's also it's got a cool soundtrack too. Like it's just like so like as like a, as a general thing, like the entire movie, like because I used to like when I when I was when I was younger and like I would write my scripts and stuff. Like that was one of the records I usually would spin. Well, the CDs I would spin. Was uh, I listened to the Idle Hands soundtrack because like there was really cool shit on that. So yeah, so like across the board, like Idle Hands is fucking it's it's rad as shit. Like there's really nothing about it that I have serious complaints about. Yeah, I, I should also know you should be happy about this, but this is the movie that did put me onto the Offspring. Fair enough. Um, like that, it's I, I can't remember the title of the song now. It's escaping me because uh, we're doing this fairly early. Like I just woke up not too long ago, so like the things are escaping me. Um. But what's that fucking name of the song that played throughout all the trailers and the TV spots? Um, I mean, because in the movie they do, I think it was Beheaded, because they they have plays in the movie too. Uh, like like they they Beheaded and um, they um, uh, they do a cover of Ramones. Um, I want to be sedated. Oh yeah, no, no, they definitely do. Uh, which uh, Jessica Alba is dancing to when we first year at the dance, yeah. and I uh, realized that uh, rewatching this is like. Oh, like so she's always danced like this because that's the same type of dance that she was doing in Sin City. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With the like the 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 gyrating of the body and all that stuff. But like in this one, she's doing this weird, like fucking uh spinny hand thing in the air, and it's like, baby girl, what is you doing? <laughs> <laughs> all right. And now we're back on to our second feature of this episode. And obviously, if you listen to the, the our first discussion, you already know. I mean, if you're tuning into this episode, you already know what it is. And so, uh, <laughs> I don't know why sometimes we even keep it a secret. But uh, we are talking uh, the horror comedy masterpiece that is Evil Dead 2. Arguably um, the first, like, I mean, I was going to say, it's not the first horror comedy, but, like, it's pretty definitely the first Splatstick movie. I would say, like, I mean... I mean, you could say house. Um, the, the first house. 
Maybe uh, I don't know. I to me, I feel I, like using gore for gags on this level. This was the the originator. Like I feel like, yeah, this kind that. of like, um, like house to me, it's more in the like the the vibe of like, uh, like which is probably the first horror comedy. Um, it's more in the vibe of like, um, American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Um, whereas this is more like straight up like, you're doing horror. But, like, you're also doing, like, hardcore, like, gags. You're doing, like, set pieces that aren't designed as, like, horror set pieces. You're doing the gags, like, with those, like, your set pieces. You're doing, like, funny bits. Yeah, yeah. Definitely the, you can see uh, the Three Stooges influence in there. Yes. You know, uh, eyeball, flyball. Um, <laughs> that, but, uh, yeah, uh it, it, it is not the first horror comedy, but it is arguably the greatest horror comedy. Oh wow, that's all right. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, I mean, some 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 people were like, well, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, but uh, I mean, I was like, American Werewolf, but that's fine. I mean, the, no, I'm a Reanimator, and then I would go. Oh yeah, 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 definitely Reanimator. I mean, not definitely Reanimator. I I would still say this is like the, the greatest like thorough horror comedy, um, but Reanimator is definitely up there. Um, uh, like like uh, aforementioned house, um, but like yeah, this this uh, pulls no punches. Uh, it, it is 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 as grody as it is funny. Um, what's the thing? It's like I don't feel like it is like it's like because like none of it like grosses me out. It's like it's because gory and bloody as fuck. But it's like the way that they present the blood and gore. It doesn't feel gross. Like, it's yeah. very much... Because it's always used for, like, gags and shit. Like, to me, it's just, like... It doesn't ever, like... It's not like it's not like watching, like, Starry Eyes, where it's just like, ah. Like, it's just, like, whenever you're watching, like, the blood and gore Evil Dead 2, it's just like, hey! It's like, it's like... It's like I remember, like, um, when I watched um, uh, the Evil Dead... I, I, I want to say remake, but it, in recent times, um, the guys who made it were like, it's not a remake, it's Evil Dead 4. Um... But, like, watching the 2013 Evil Dead, um, I remember in the theater, um, they would do, like, the big fucking, like, gory set pieces in that. And my friends would be, like, recoiling in terror. And I would be, like, pointing and laughing the same way I was with Evil Dead 2. And not, like, in a bad way, but just, like, I was having such a good time. Like, so it's, like, if you, there, there are certain ways you can do blood and gore. And I feel like, depending on how into horror and horror comedy you are into them, um, will suggest how you will react to them yeah um i i should note that i saw the evil dead trilogy backwards <laughs> okay i saw uh as a matter of fact no i didn't because i didn't see army of darkness until years later actually um i wanted to see it in theaters and nobody was taking me to see that um and i wanted to see it because it was from the director of dark man um uh but I didn't see it until years later. Uh I as a as, as an adolescent uh fucked up on catching the Evil Dead because they showed it on the sci-fi channel and me not realizing what it was and shit, I changed the channel. And <laughs> okay. years later and shit, I'm just like, oh dude, uh, I should have fucking watched that, but I didn't. And I'm an idiot. So the first Evil Dead movie I did see was Evil Dead 2. Um and uh I, I I I wanted to point out that uh, I was entirely fucking confused by this movie. 
not 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 the gist of it, but um, because when the movie opens, it opens with Ash and Linda going to the cabin, and uh, you know, like is it? Oh, is it, is is you know, is it abandoned? Uh, yeah, I think so. So like my, I like I knew what the Evil Dead was about. You know about you know going to the cabin, friends getting murdered and all that stuff. So my idea was that Ash was returning to the cabin after the events of the first one, not having seen the first one. I'm like, he is a he's a fucking idiot because why would you go back there? Like if you had these horrific events happen to you and your friends and shit at the cabin. Uh, it wasn't the thing, the, it's like they, they took, it's, like, it's a weird thing where they like yeah. they kind of retell the story, so yeah. it's not like Ash has been there before. Yeah, but they also. Basically truncated it in such a way yeah. that the only person that he's with was Linda and not the rest of the group. Yeah, they condensed it because uh, uh, they could not get the rights to, to show footage from the Evil Dead. Yeah. So they decided to reshoot it, but they also decided to condense it. So he's only with Linda instead of, you know, with uh, uh, Scotty, Shelly, and um, Cheryl. Um, which, is, which, is, which is weird, too, because uh, it kind of fucks up the continuity a oh, bit. Totally. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Because these, yeah. Yeah, the movies are all within continuity, but the, uh, if you watch Ash versus Evil Dead, you know what I'm saying? He's talking to Cheryl, you know what I'm saying? Like, was it in the second season? Or, like, uh, uh, Ellen Sandweiss makes an appearance in there, I believe, and I can't remember whether it was the first or second season. Um, but then it's like, but she's not in Evil Dead 2. You know what I'm saying? And like, how is this in continuity? She was never there at the cabin. But, but to like, be completely honest, like even like Army of Darkness, like there is like stuff that doesn't necessarily match. Yeah, from like Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two. So like, mm-hmm. at a certain point, you just have to kind of acknowledge that Ash is like basically like a horrible, unreliable narrator. <laughs> just go with that. <laughs> yeah, or uh, Sam Raimi is terrible at continuity. <laughs> yeah, that's also fair. Although to well, be fair, the continuity of Spider-Man movies are okay. <laughs> well, yeah, like. Uh... Yeah, Sam has admitted that, that he is—he's terrible at keeping continuity. Um, on the on the commentary for Evil Dead Two, which is one of the greatest commentaries ever, um, they noticed that they had uh, a script supervisor who was in charge of continuity, yeah. and she was constantly yelling at them for like you know they would throw blood over here, and she'd be like, no, no, it, it doesn't go over there. Oh no, it's fine. Nobody knows. No, 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 <laughs> Sam, no. Um, so like it was like we needed her, you know what I'm saying? We stressed her the fuck out, basically. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, um, yeah, like, but I I uh, I watched it anyway, um, without having seen the first one or the third. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I, for some reason, I do shit ass backwards uh, when I watch movies. Like I've noted that I saw Star Trek three before Star Trek two, so I knew Spock was dead. <laughs> Spock was going to die at the end of Wrath of Khan. <laughs> I saw Return of the Jedi before Empire, so by the time I saw Empire, I knew uh, that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Um, and yeah, like you know, saying like, you know, that's just that's just how I watch movies. Oh, that's how movies were shown to me. Well, that's yeah. like I want to say that I saw Army of Darkness first because I mean, like, I wanted to see that. I like to go do the Evil Dead episode um, because my cousin was the DP on the first one. I always wanted to see it. My brother and I always wanted to see it, but we weren't allowed to see it. Um, and I want to say, because also because Army of Darkness was the one that we released on like the biggest possible platform because Universal released that. 
Um, yeah. And so, like, I want to say that I saw that first at, like, somebody's house. And then I like, saw Evil Dead, like, way later. Um, but, and then Evil Dead 2. But, like, um, I definitely didn't see Evil Dead 2 first. Like, although I wouldn't say it would, it would definitely affect your viewing. Because my whole thing is, like, with Evil Dead 2 is a big part of the reason it's my favorite of these. And a big part of it is one of my favorite, um, like, horror movies. It, it is very kind of self-contained in the sense that you kind of get almost, and, I, and this is no way disparaging or saying not to watch these films, but uh, you kind of get all you need from The Evil Dead and kind of all you need from Army of Darkness in Evil Dead 2. So if you watch Evil Dead 2, it, in and of itself, is kind of like its own hour and a half version of the trilogy, just like pared down to its basest possible aspects. And I kind of love that about it. No, yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah, like I've noted in a when we discussed Evil Dead that Evil Dead is my favorite because it's the one that it takes the material the most seriously, even though it's still a little bit playful. Um, uh, this is where like you know they started integrating comedy into it, and it's fine. Um, it's fine. I don't mind it. Uh, like it goes Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, and then Army of Darkness as far as my my ranking of of the films. Um, no, but I I love the fuck out of this one. Like uh, as as we were noting in uh when we were discussing Idle Hands, that uh like like Devin saw in that film like Bruce is the whole fucking show in this movie. I mean, literally for for majority of the movie, he yeah. Is no, the I actually was saying show. that last night. Yeah, I was saying it's like to. Uh, Danny last night when I was watching it was I was like the fact that he didn't get like awards because I mean I, he was never going to because especially back then horror movies but like Christ not a different now like everybody brings up Tony Collette and Hereditary and like whatever um, but like the fact that like he literally spends at least a half an hour of this movie's like less than an hour and a half runtime completely by himself and literally carries the movie in that time in a very compelling way, is astonishing. Yeah. Like, the, the scene where the cabin is laughing at him, um, and, like, he starts l l laughing with it, is is just extraordinary, an extraordinary performance for him. And it's like, um, and it's funny, too, because it's, 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 it's fairly goofy and shit, but he, he, he definitely took everything about it seriously. Like, um, I forgot who said it, but it was like, um, the relationship between Sam and Bruce, you know what I'm saying, is is just beautiful. You know, where it's like, no matter how much Sam tortures that man, Bruce still does whatever he says. Like, to the point where they said that Sam will, will ask Bruce, uh, I can't need you to get off the roof, get on the roof, and do a backflip off it, and land on your neck. And Bruce will be like, alright, and he will do it in character. You know what I'm saying? Is is this like it shows that you know their relationship, but also Bruce's dedication to playing Ash, to the to the point where, um, the reason the Evil Dead we call it a reboot because as you said it's not a remake. The reason it's not a thorough remake is because Bruce does not want anyone else playing Ash other than him. Um, even though like he he. He does. He, he seemingly does not want to play the role anymore. It's like I'm too fucking old for this shit. Yeah, he said he was retired after Evil Ash was Evil Dead. He was just like, it was, as soon as they canceled it, he was like, I retire. I'm good. It's done. Whatever. 
and then they're doing it again. He's like, nope, I'm done. I'm out forever. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. And that just shows right there, like, you know, we will never see anyone else play Ash uh, ever because it's like, it's like, I mean, that's not necessarily true with Indiana Jones because other people have played Indiana Jones, like yeah. Sean Patrick Flannery in the young yeah. Indiana Jones Chronicles. But uh, that, Phoenix at the beginning of uh, yeah. Glass Crusade. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that will never happen with uh, Ashley J. Williams. Um, Bruce owns that role. And if like, hey, we want to get somebody to play Ash, he's going to tell you, fuck you. Like, Bruce will literally tell you, fuck you. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm well, not I feel like they were trying to do that when they were like, because I know like the, the whole thing is, I remember like, when they first mentioned the remake, the reason it's forever for the remake to happen, and it happened after that whole wave of everything getting remade, was because when they first brought up the idea of a remake, every fucking horror nerd on planet Earth, like, cried out in one voice, like, no. And, like, they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to get, like, Johnny Knoxville. They're like, no, fuck off. And we're going to get Ashton Kutcher. Like, no, fuck off. And they were just like, it took finally Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi both being like, no, 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 like, we're signing off on this. Like, trust me, we're, it's, it's good. Like, you, we, you'll enjoy it. Just, like, let it happen. Just trust me. I promise it's good. And yeah. it finally made it happen. <laughs> no, but, like, also thing, because of the reason it took so long to actually get made was because Bruce was like, nah. Because cause Rob was like, yeah, like, you know, horror remakes are a big thing. We should do that. And Sam was like, eh, maybe, I don't know. But Bruce was strictly, nah. It was like, it was basically like that fucking uh, episode of The Simpsons where uh, they, they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And Homer was trying to get uh, Lenny to, to fucking, uh, so he could put him on the list for to, to put on the Super Bowl bus. It's like, oh, come on. Nah. Uh, come on. Nah. Oh, come on. Nah. Come on. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is essentially what happened here. That that was Rob uh, and Sam fucking talking to Bruce, trying to get him <laughs> to sign off on it. And uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he did not want it to be a straight remake because he did not want anyone else playing Ash other than him. Like, Ash is my role. It belongs to me. There are many other roles like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, all power to him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it is a role he originated. He created it, you know. So it's like, no, nobody could play Ashley J. Williams other than me. So, like, all, all power to him for sticking to his guns. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, it, it all worked out fine because it, 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 their remake was, was fucking awesome. Um, Well, reboot, yes. we should say. Um, I mean, he really, he does appear in the movie at the, yes. the, the very, 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 very end. Groovy. Which is um, funny, because like, I, I, like, I, I feel like a lot of people didn't even get, like, cause I remember like, I saw that in the theater. I feel like I was the only one who, like, cared. Like, I feel like a lot of people just didn't know what the fuck it even was. Like, it's, like I feel like this thing is, like, um, like during the era of, like, the, the reboots, the remakes, it was, like, um, there was tons of stuff that would just being made based on name value which is i mean whatever whatever i don't care but um and so like i feel like a lot of people were going to things without like necessarily just it was like a new horror movie and they recognized the name and like they the probably didn't necessarily see evil dead or evil dead 2 of army of darkness so it's like but whatever i mean it's it is self-contained in and of itself that remake so like i don't like i'm not mad at them for what they were the way they did it yeah, yeah, and they were they were smart to do it that way instead of just do making you know a straight and thorough remake, where it's just like it take, it all takes place within you know the same universe and same continuity, and it's like uh, the director of uh, Evil Dead Rise, you know, what I'm saying, point out that you know 
and we see an army of darkness there are three necronomicons yes and like you know ash is you know has one and and the reboot uh, that's the two and then in evil dead rise that's three you know what I'm saying? So it's like it all works out. Like you know what I'm saying? So you know they they they're going about doing these things in an incredibly smart way. You know, uh, Sam and Rob and 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 Bruce. You know the way they're going about it. I also like how it, when the reboot was coming out, like to to make it known that like no 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 this is like you know this gets an official pass. But it's like you know one of the the, the title cards in the the, the trailer with from the makers of the original horror classic to let you know that they are behind it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like somebody else doing it. And like, you know, they just like have that fake ass. Uh, what is it? Uh, they give their blessing. Yeah. No, like they, they were spearheading this thing. So like they yeah. are essentially in charge. I mean, so, that, you know, like this, but speaking of though, I think is like, I do think it is funny. Like when you think about it now, like, um, cause like Sam Raimi at this point is probably like, other than maybe the Spider-Man movies, but hey, I, fuck it, even with the Spider-Man movies and Doctor Strange, whatever, I still feel like he's best known as a horror filmmaker, which was not his plan. As we discussed in the Evil Dead episode, like, it, it was, the reason they did Evil Dead wasn't because, like, they had such a passion for the horror genre. It yeah. was because, like, they were trying to make a movie and they, all their research basically suggested that, like, the, the best return on investment came from horror movies. So they made yeah. a horror movie. And then he did fucking Crime Wave after Evil Dead, and then, like, Crime Wave didn't make any money. He lost the money. And so they were like, how about Evil Dead 2? And it was just like, all right. And so then, like, that kind of set him on a path um, where he became, like, kind of a horror guy. But even, like, we, we just discussed Darkman, where it's like, there's definitely a lot of horror in his DNA, but I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a horror film per se. Like, it's, it's, there's a lot going on as far as genre-wise to make Darkman. Um, but Evil Dead 2... It's a situation where it's like, I feel like this, in a lot of ways, other than maybe Drag Me to Hell, is the most, like, pure, like, Sam Raimi um, yeah. in what he wants to do as, like, a horror filmmaker, where it's like, there's nobody that does it the same way. Like, it's just like, because it's like, I, I, I don't mean this in, like, a shitty way, but, like, um, as good as, as enjoyable as a lot of his stuff is, like, you could almost argue, I'm not going to necessarily say it as a fact, but you could almost argue that anyone could have made, like, the Spider-Man movies. Like, mm. you could argue, I don't even think this is even an argument, anyone could have made that fucking Oz movie. Um, but, like, when he is just doing his own personal unique voice, it is a glorious fucking thing to behold. And I think this is kind of one of the most purest distillations of it, where it's like, he clearly, like, was doing horror, I don't know if it was begrudgingly, but he was definitely, like, it's not necessarily, like, his preferred genre, but, like, he found a way to completely, to a large extent, to completely change the horror genre yeah. from the inside out with this movie. And I don't think you can overstate how fucking impressive that was and how fucking impressive it still is because this movie still fucking holds up like a motherfucker like i feel like it still works like it's like i just showed it to, Dan to danny last night and she really liked it so it's like it still fucking works like a motherfucker like it's like and it's almost four decades old so it's mm -hmm. like it's fucking insane to think about how pure of an experience watching this movie still is 
even with it how many so much of it becoming iconic so quickly yeah 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 because it's like it does everything so goddamn well but also uniquely you know like like uh, obviously horror comedies have been a thing before this film yeah. But no one did it quite like Sam Raimi did. No. No, where where the entire thing is a fucking experience. Like to the point where we, we discussed this uh, before, where James Cameron fucking woke up uh, Bill Paxton <laughs> so they can go see Evil Dead 2. Like knocking on his door. Come on, dude. Like we're going to the movies. Uh, come on, Jim's early. Like, no, no, we got to go to the movies. What are we going to see? We're going to go see Evil Dead 2. What the fuck is that? Just come with me. And then they went and they fucking had a ball with it and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, just just like when you have a master filmmaker like Cameron uh, uh, beating down the legend like uh, Bill Paxton's door uh, so they can go see fucking Evil Dead 2 is just like one of, one of the greatest stories I've ever heard in my life. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's game recognizes game. Like, yeah. it's like, I feel like I don't feel like you can watch Evil Dead 2 and not recognize, even if you don't like horror, if, and if you don't like horror comedy, whatever the fuck, like the fact that what they were able to pull off between his direction and Bruce's performance is fucking staggering. Like it is yeah. awe inspiring. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like I was saying, it's like he does everything so well. It's like if, if you like pure horror movies, you still like this movie. If you like pure comedy, you still like this movie. And, and, you know, and if you like both, you're going to absolutely fucking love this movie. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, everything is just so beautifully done, you know what I'm saying? But like, not in a way that where it's just like, you know, that's why I said like, it's got to be the best because it stands head and shoulders above. You know what I'm saying? It's like you mentioned American Werewolf in London, and obviously, if you listen to our first episode, you you can see how much we love that movie. But like, even Landis didn't do it quite like Sam did in this movie, where it's just like it's his own personal unique stamp. Um, yeah, I feel like it's it's like yeah, it's like it's very much like it's it's specific, like it's very unique. Yeah, like that's the thing is like it's like like many people have done stuff in its wake that we're kind of trying to do the same thing and none of them were able to like the closest is probably like reanimator but like it's like a lot of and, and i'm not saying not necessarily i love reanimator i love return of the living dead like there's a lot of shit that was clearly inspired by this that i fucking love a lot but i feel like there's very like there's something that's very specific about evil dead 2 that like makes it as you said like hence like it's it's head and shoulders above the rest because it just it's just the the spirit of it is just fucking insane in the best possible way. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like 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 I said, like I mean, I know you're not a huge fan of this movie, but also Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Yeah. Um, which is pure horror. I mean, it essentially does the same thing uh, with the t- the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre that this one does with yeah. the Evil Dead, where it takes a pure horror film. And then turns it into a fucking comedy. You know what I'm saying? Whereas that one was a bit different. Whereas just because, like, you know, nobody was expecting that. Uh, I mean, I I think, you know, you could see it coming. Because, like I said, like, the, the original Evil Dead is still playful. Like, it still has, like, its playful moments and shit. But, like, when, when it gets down to it, it, it gets pretty fucking serious. Um, and then, like, like, but, like, 
when when you said this is like the purest Sam Raimi movie, uh, like I, I yeah I gotta agree because like you can see the genius of Sam in the original Evil Dead. You can. It's not perfected yet because you know he's still young. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't mastered the art of filmmaking yet. It's just, but, yeah, it was his first try. Yeah, but you know, you could see the genius there. You know what I'm saying? That's why that that first film is still you know holds up and it's still unique because you could see uh, the the work of a master filmmaker who hasn't quite hit the master status yet, but he will get there. You can tell yeah. from, from from that movie. Crime Wave is a different story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I like, well, but like in Sam's defense, it was fucked with. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, main reason was that uh, it was written for Bruce to star in, and they made him cast somebody else, which became uh, an unfortunate <laughs> story, thing. Yeah. Story of Sam Raimi's career is like, I wrote this for Bruce Campbell. Who the fuck is Bruce Campbell? Fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce Campbell would never be a star, you know. And it's like, why you guys don't like charisma? You guys like <laughs> bland bullshit. I mean, like, the only time uh, uh, where Bruce didn't get a role in a movie and it worked out was The Phantom. Because, like, you know, like, yeah, you know, I would have loved seeing Bruce as The Phantom, but uh, we got Billy Zane instead, and it's Billy Zane. Yeah, I said, we we, we used to have Billy Zane movies in this country, and it was a better time. It was a better time for all of us. Yes, uh, it it was a better world when Billy Zane was the headliner in movies. Yes. Um, uh, it is what it is. But like, as I mentioned, uh, I forgot what discussion we was having, but um, it may have been off mic and shit, but I was talking about how uh, George Romero was supposed to direct uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And his original idea for Lewis Creed was Bruce Campbell. Yes. Which and actually, like, I, I, I can't argue with you. I do think, I, like, as much as I love Pet Cemetery, um, I would love to see Pet Cemetery with Bruce Campbell in that part. <laughs> like that, that would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, Bruce as Lewis Creed and George Romero directing. Uh, we could have had it all. <laughs> I like, mean, but even like Mary Lambert directing and having uh, Bruce Campbell, I would have been super down, but whatever. I mean, at least, at least we got Pet Cemetery too. Oh, um, for fuck's sake! <laughs> no, but like, 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 even then, like, you know, what I'm saying, like, uh, Pet Cemetery Two is like, there's, there's definite, uh, some Evil Dead Two shit going oh, on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, where like the, the the style is completely changed. It's a lot more comedic and silly. You know what I'm saying? And it's like it, it completely understands, like, yeah, this we're doing silly shit here, so we're gonna go full on silly. You know what I'm saying? That that that's Evil Dead Two shit right there. You know what I'm saying? Well, the just... thing, yeah, it's, it's the game recognizes game thing that I had said. We're just like it's like I feel like a lot of filmmakers, even if they didn't want to admit it, definitely stole from Evil Dead Two. Oh oh, uh, so many people stole from Evil Dead Two. Like Evil Dead Two is like one of them sequels that's like gets gets mentioned, like along with uh, where like directors are doing a sequel to to, to like a like a like a movie. Oh, this is going to be like. The Evil Dead 2 to the original Evil Dead. Like, the same way they do, like, this is going to be the Aliens to Alien. You know, where it's one of those sequels where it's just, like, it, yeah, it, yeah like, it, it fucking, like, moves on to, like, a different genre and, and becomes, like, when people think about the series, it's, like, the one that they, they always go to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where they finally, like, the, the superior one. Like, even when we talk talking about Night of the Living Dead, it's the same thing with uh, Dawn of the Dead. 
when people think about the series, like, you know, they always think of Dawn of the Dead. When people think of the Alien franchise, they always think of Aliens. And when people think of the Evil Dead franchise, they, they, their first thought is Evil Dead 2. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm like, like I said, I prefer Evil Dead, but, you know, I'm, I'm no way, you know, disparaging that. It's like, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. This movie's a fucking masterpiece. Movie's a fucking masterpiece of horror comedy. It's just like to the point where it's just like I feel it's just like it's a cinematic masterpiece. Oh yeah, I will not argue with you. No, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, like it's just it's 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 a wonderfully like (laughs) and and, like it it's because Sam is a genius, you know. I'm saying who's working at the height of his powers. You know, I'm saying because it's like he already did two movies. He did the Evil Dead and Crime Wave. Uh, Evil Dead was except, but it wasn't as you know successful as he would have hoped. Like, now it is, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like The Evil Dead, you know, with its 800 releases on um, physical media, you know what I'm saying? Which, which you know, as we talked about, is, is uh, I, I very welcome. It's like, oh, my God, they're quadruple dipping and, like, dipping, <laughs> dipping. It's like, no, you guys don't understand how hard it was to find that fucking movie. It was, like, when it was just on VHS, it was, like, the most stolen VHS from video stores. You could not find that motherfucker. It was gone. Just gone. Never. Never there. You could never you could go to any video store, you would never find a copy of the Evil Dead. You know, so it's just like if they're gonna release it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, how many of them fucking times? Release that shit. <laughs> release it. Release it. And I will buy every single fucking copy of it. <laughs> um, um, Evil Dead 2, I think, suffered a better fate. Just because I think because of its popularity, it's like yeah, we definitely can't let this movie go fucking out of print. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it became one of those cult things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember there was an issue of Wizard that was talking about like cult movies and stuff, and Evil Dead Two. It was Evil Dead Two, They Live, and um, The Abyss at that okay. at that at that point, because The Abyss was probably like the least successful uh, Cameron movie. I mean, yeah. it still is. To the point where he doesn't even mention it. Um, well, I mean, he's mentioned it like in recent years, like the 4K and stuff. So, like, I mean, like, yeah. That's the only fucking time he talks about the abyss. Is like, you know, when people keep asking where the fuck is the, the 4K of it. Or the Blu-ray, yeah. Blu-ray 4K. I'm working on it, motherfucker. You've been working on it for ten years. You know, we're tired of you taking your fucking time making shit. Just give it to us. <laughs> we're tired of you creating new things. We want the same thing we already have. We just want a new goddamn definition. No, but it's like he takes his fucking time with everything now and shit. Like creating I, new things, working on old things and shit. You take too fucking long, bro. Hurry up. I want I want my fucking 4Ks of the abyss and well, true lies I could. You know. I want the 4K of true lies, all right, motherfucker. I I, I will admit that true lies would look amazing in 4K. I just, I just find that movie problematic. Um <laughs> but uh give me my fucking abyss 4K Blu-ray. Thank you. Hurry the fuck up. Uh, but like, yeah. Um, I think it was an episode, uh, issue of Wizard, um, and they were just talking about cult movies, and those were the three they mentioned: was uh, They Live, The Abyss. I think it was specifically the director's cut of The Abyss, um, and Evil Dead Two, and they were talking about how awesome it was. And then like, uh, did it get a sequel? I like how when they were talking about They Live, and it was like everybody's dead at the end. So no. <laughs> and then, uh, um. 
<laughs> the sequel is our lives. <laughs> yeah. like, if, you, if you watch They Live, the sequel is our lives. Yeah, we're living the sequel to They Live at the moment. <laughs> um, but when they got to Evil Dead 2, they was like, uh, yeah, Ash makes it back to his day job at the end. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it was like, it was like, oh yeah, you guys were talking about the theatrical cut because the director's cut hadn't been released yet. Um, which uh, I do like better. I actually prefer Ash getting a happy ending. Yeah. Uh, plus, also, that's um, even though Sam Raimi, um, his director's cut has Ash being fucked um, in the future when he like, overslept. Um, if you watch like Ash vs Evil Dead, which is the same continuity, like that clearly is is going with the whole S Mart ending from like, the original. Yeah. So, I mean, and Sam was involved in the Ash vs. Evil Dead. So, like, I don't think that he prefers it as much as he says that he does. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, th- I think he's perfectly fine with the theatrical uh, cut uh, ending. Um, because uh, there was notes that Universal uh, gave him that he stated was that uh, it's, it's, it's a little too long and the ending is a bummer. Um, so like, but he said, but they did allow him to to like they didn't like say, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that with the movie. Like he was allowed to change it uh, his own way, but he, you know, by Universe was, uh, of course, he had to change it. You know, he could not leave Ash just fucked at the end. But it it's the most suiting ending because it's pure Ash to yes. oversleep, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I do like the whole thing of like because the other one is also very true to Ash by virtue of the fact that he's like it's him being a like he basically he, he's a fuck up that like fucks up into being a hero like it's kind of yeah. like the biggest fucking theme from Evil Dead to Evil Dead Two to fucking Army of Darkness to Ash's Evil Dead is like Ash is a fuck up and like a moron. But he's also, it's, it's not like, it doesn't take the place of him being heroic. Yeah. Like, when it, when it comes time, when that, when that moment comes of, like, life and death, Ash will be there to fucking do something amazing that saves the day. Yeah, and, and that's the only thing that Ash does that's amazing. And, you know, that's the beauty of Ash as a character. Like, he, he's only useful when it comes to battling the evil dead because, yeah. you know, he's knowledgeable in the situation. Everything else, stay the fuck away from Ash because he sucks at it. You well, know what that's like, that's like, like we mentioned Sin City in um, the Idle Hands thing, where it's like it's kind of like the whole thing of um, Marvin Sin City, like when he's like, there's that little like bit where Dwight's like, if he had been like, uh, like a gladiator in ancient Rome, it's like they would have just tossed him like Nancy or like whatever. It's like he was born the wrong time. It's kind of the same thing where it's like Ash was born to be a warrior. But he was born at the time when warriors weren't really a thing. So it's like he's kind of like a natural warrior that's like stuck in the modern world. Like he's like, so it's like, yeah, he's he is a fuck up and he's a moron, but like he's really good at violence. <laughs> yeah, he's also an egotistical prick yeah. um, uh, and, and a coward, which uh, like the, the, I, I do think, though, that Sam does have a problem with, you know, the, the theatrical cut ending of Army of Darkness because um, it allows you know what I'm saying because if you continue on from that you have to give Ash some semblance of confidence you know what I'm saying like making him heroic which he's not which he admitted he's not interested in because um, 
once Ash becomes like heroic in the third act of Army of Darkness, he said he loses all interest in him as a character. Um, said that uh, him and Ivan talked about the uh, Ivan Ramy Sam's brother, uh, who helped him co-write uh, Army of Darkness. Said that they had ideas that, particularly Sam had ideas where they were gonna have like when everybody's preparing for battle. Uh, Ash is over on the side trying to pick up another chick. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, so, like, you know, it might be, you know, our last days on Earth, and, you know, you want to spend it with a man, you know? And, like, when the final battle was happening with the Deadites, uh, they were like, oh, where's the Chosen One? Where's the Chosen One? And they find them hiding in the closet, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, like, please don't take me out there, I'm afraid. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Well, that- yeah, I mean, like, but at the same time, it's like, that's also, if we're being completely honest, like, Let's say you or I got put in the fucking cabin of fucking zombie evil creatures. How the fuck would we react? Like, is it like I would? I am freely admitting I would be fucking scared shitless. And like, if I did manage to like survive and like protect myself and those that I was with, whomever survived, it would have been by pure blind fucking luck. <laughs> like, it's just like it would have been by virtue of the fact that like. I was in the moment good enough for like two seconds at a time to keep myself alive. It would yeah. not be like that I am a fucking hero of the day. Nah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, but now nah, I do I do I do like that because it's almost like um it's very uh big trouble little China ish. Yes. Where uh where your main hero is, is basically useless for the most part. I mean, Ash, I think, is more useful than Jack Burton, though. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, Jack has Wang to rely on. Um, uh, Ash doesn't have that. He just has himself. So he has to be a bit of, of, of a hero and shit because he has no fucking choice and shit. So it's like, you know, that, that need to survive, you know what I'm saying? Like, it takes precedent over everything else. But it's like, he obviously doesn't fucking want to. So, you know, you have that level of uh, John McClane in there as well, you know, like, it, it, which, you know, I, I bring up because uh, um, uh, Bruce Campbell actually did audition for the role of John McClane in Die Hard, and they did not give it to him, obviously. It sent Bruce Willis to superstardom. Which is funny uh, because like, he's like, everybody, I am almost surprised by virtue of the fact that, like, by all accounts, basically literally every major acting star in Hollywood was offered John McClane. And with the exception of Bruce Willis, they all turned it down. Like whether it be Richard Gere, fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sly Stallone, like across the fucking board, everybody they went to, it was like, they said no. Until they got to Bruce Willis on the list, like the like 15th guy on the list. And it was just like, all right, okay, we're making a movie. The fact that they actually turned anyone down is amazing to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, as we stated, like, Hollywood was just not interested in Bruce Campbell being a star for some reason. It, it, it's just mind-blowing. It's like you have this beautiful-looking man with, you know, just all the charisma in the fucking world. So it's not even like he has like a percentage of charisma, like a thousand percent wattage of charisma. Bruce Campbell has all the charisma, all of it. Like uh, there are actors who lack charisma because Bruce Campbell took it all for himself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Like the the man is is a leading man amongst leading men, and they did not want him in their movies. Yeah, it's it's only weird. Like it's like because to some extent I understand, just by virtue of the fact that like I get like why Stallone was a star. I get why Schwarzenegger was a star. I get why like fucking like Bruce Willis was a star. Whatever. Um, but like. The fact that, like, you went with... I guess because he was, like, a real martial artist. But I was going to say, I was like... The fact that, like, Steven Seagal was a star, but Bruce wasn't. That, like, upsets me. Like, it's just, like... It's, like... Cause I feel like Bruce has the acting talent and charisma that Steven Seagal... It's, it's the, the people that he took it from. Like, it's just, like... It's, like, an example would be Steven Seagal. Yeah. Like, because, like, let's say, for instance... Like Bruce Campbell in Steven Seagal's part, I mean, really anything, but Bruce Campbell in Steven Seagal's part in Executive Decision. That's a much better movie. That's all I'm oh, saying. Yeah. yeah. That movie's great, but uh, um, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's a lot of, a large part of why it's great is uh, Steven Seagal's death scene in that movie. Yeah. It's the funniest yeah. fucking thing ever to yeah. this day. But like, something like, I mean, something like Mark for Death, like, you won't get much martial arts action in there because obviously Bruce Campbell is not a martial artist but um the the dramatic scenes like there's a scene in Mark for Death where uh Daniel Harris character who plays Steven Seagal's niece in there she 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 gets shot in the crossfire when uh um Steven Seagal's uh John Hatcher his character uh, like the, the house gets shot up by the bad guys and she gets caught in the crossfire she's in the hospital and Steven like Steven Seagal has been like apprehensive of getting involved because he's retired from the police force. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't want to get involved in this thing. I'm not a cop anymore. But you know, they've just attacked his home, his sister's home, and uh they hurt his niece and she's in the hospital, she's in a coma. You know, young Daniel Harris, you know what I'm saying, this angelic uh thing. And so it's like Steven Seagal is daring, you know, is John Hatcher, and he's just like, oh my god, you know what I'm saying? And you, 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 you know, and any other actor, just like, good, you know, saying they're sad, which you know, Bruce Campbell could pull off like that. Yeah. Watching Steven Seagal trying to be emotional, like trying to be sad, even trying to cry, is the funniest and most abysmal thing I've ever seen in acting bar none with, with the exception of uh the blonde lady from hellraiser 3 <laughs> the, the, the worst piece of acting ever uh but steven seagal comes close in that scene because it's like it's like that scene in a uh, uh, tropic thunder yes where, yes, where yes, uh, yes. uh uh, uh tuck can't cry <laughs> you know say that's steven seagal and mark for death like i'm i'm almost certain that they were mocking that scene from mark for death where he's just like you could tell he's trying to force those tears to come out, and he can't do it because he cannot act because he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, they just say, ah, fuck it. You know, let's let, just, just put him into kung fu mode. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we're not getting shit here. We're going to be here all day, you know what I'm saying, all week trying to get this motherfucker to cry, you know? And it's like, like, that came at a time where, uh, you know what I'm saying, martial arts movies had become big again. You know, because by the 80s, they were all but dead. And it took the success of Bloodsport to bring them back. That's why I always credit Van Damme with uh, revitalizing the martial arts genre. I mean, I guess, I guess you could give credit to Steven Seagal as well. It was Above the Law. But even Above the Law is not a full-on martial arts movie. Because there's a lot of gunplay in it, too. 
so I always give the credit to Van Damme. You know what I'm saying? So they were like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? We're going to find uh, any martial artist, you know, good-looking guy who could kick really high and fight really good, and we're going to put him in a movie. So that's how you got a lot of actors at that time and shit who couldn't act, and they became movie stars and shit. Jeff Speakman couldn't act, and uh, he became almost a movie star and shit. Um, like, they almost, like, you you heard the story, they almost gave that motherfucker speed to star in. Jeff Speakman. And I'm like, like, uh, you've, you, you ever heard me tell this story before? No. Um, so, uh, the, the script for Speed was at Paramount. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's where Jeff Speakman was because he had just made, uh, the perfect weapon over there. And they was like, oh, we need a, we need to go bigger with, with your next movie, Jeff. You know, saying, you know, you're right there. We get the next movie's gonna make you a star. It's gonna make you a big Hollywood star. Like Schwarzenegger, you're gonna be a member of Planet Hollywood in no time. And they had a script for speed. <laughs> and as you know, the script for speed is a brilliant piece of writing. Well, after um, I would say, yes, when Joss rewrote the dialogue. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. When Joss rewrote it, because uh, I mean, Gramios, you know, he, he came up with the concept, he came up with the characters, but Joss took it and he rewrote it, and that's the film we got today. So credit to that piece of shit. Um uh, but they they were like, uh, yeah, we're gonna give this movie to Jeff Speakman. He's gonna be the star of it. You know, it's gonna be a big hit. Like, yeah, but uh, Jeff Speakman is a martial artist, and there's no martial arts fights in here. So their idea was like this. Uh, this was obviously before Joss took over as a writer. Uh, when they moved it to 20th Century Fox, after Paramount put it in turnaround, uh, the writer's ideas was to to, to get fighting so Jeff Speakman could fight was. They were going to add a, a plot device where the bus could stop for 30-minute intervals, <laughs> which would allow Jeff Speakman to exit the bus and have martial arts fights with bad guys. I love Jeff Speakman. I love Perfect <laughs> Weapon. You know, think he's a fine you know, martial artist, you know what I'm saying? I am so fucking happy that that movie did not get made because that would have sucked so fucking hard. I do not want to see a version of Speed where the bus stops. <laughs> You're defeating the purpose of Speed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, that's the dumbest shit ever. You know, sorry, Jeff Speakman, but that would have been the dumbest shit ever. And I'm glad your version of Speed did not get made. But, like, uh, you know, what do I say? Like, what I was saying, like, you know, it was just, it, it, there was no concern for acting charisma and all that stuff. Um, like, even Van Damme, who had issues with, um, uh, Steven Seagal over the years. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, but he says he 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 admitted that he feels you know um, I'm paraphrasing, but that Steven Seagal became a scar because he had good on screen presence. You know, like you know he he stands like a hero. He looks like a hero. Not essentially that he has charisma. You know, because as we've seen, Steven Seagal can't act for shit. He never could, and he never will. Fucking. Russian loving cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> like that man has been uh he's Jewish, then he's been Japanese, and then he was Italian, and then he was a Buddhist, and then he was a rock star, and then he was a sheriff. Now he's Russian. You know what I'm saying? Like pick a fucking lifestyle, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? But um like you know, it it it, it sucks because it, it Bruce Campbell was just became uh like you know into into the industry at a time where it's just like producers really didn't give a shit about charisma you know what i'm saying it's like 
Sylvester Stallone has charisma, but if you watch a lot of his action movies, he's like charisma list because it's like it didn't fucking matter at this point. Well, also, already... I don't think he, he was. I don't think he was also trying to be more of like a fucking like serious actor, which. Oy vey. Like, he's just like, I, I don't think he's a bad actor. I actually think no, he's no, he's not. Actor. No, no. Sylvester Stallone is, is an, an amazing actor. It's just like, it's like that thing with Vin Diesel was just like at one point they just stopped giving a shit because they exactly. already got the star power. Yeah. So they don't fucking need to, to make an effort. Yeah. You know, that's how you get like, uh, with Stallone, you get performances like Cobra, you know what I'm saying, where he's not even fucking trying. Yeah. I mean, he gives effort in over the top, but it didn't matter because nobody fucking saw over the top. Uh, and, and lock up, nobody saw that either. Uh, I, I mean, I guess you could say Tango and Cash, you know what I'm saying? Because Tango and Cash was a bit of a success, and he's he's full-on char- uh, charisma-filled right there. But it's like, you know, Stallone has said it, he was like, you know, I, was, I started as a serious actor, and then I became a big movie star. And then, like, at that time, you had to keep doing big movie star roles. You know, there was no going back and forth at that time. You either did one or the other. You did the serious dramas or you did the big budget action movies. And he chose to do the big budget action movies because it raised his star power. You know, uh, Schwarzenegger was different because Schwarzenegger had, you know, his his thick accent. So he he knew he had a very specific skill set (laughs) and he played to that skill set. Yeah. Now, you know, now he's 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 a lot more uh, thorough as a dramatic actor. Like if you see movies like Maggie or Aftermath and shit, he's he's very very good, dramatically in his role Schwarzenegger. And of course, you know, say you see Stallone and like stuff like Creed, where he got an Oscar nomination, and he's very f- fucking good in them. He's fucking amazing in Creed. I I still think he should have got the Oscar for that. They no, yeah, and even like we we talked about like um with like our really recently with like um Keanu, we mentioned like with uh his person Dracula being god awful. Um, but like in like recent years, especially like in the John Wick movies, he shows, I would argue really good dramatic acting chops. Like I do, like I truly like, I'm not going to spoil the end of John Wick 4, but like he definitely like brings an emotion to that. Yeah. I don't think that he would have had like at a certain point. It just like over time, he just kind of developed it. But he was like, he came in as a star and then became an actor as it kind of went on. No, but I, I think he always had it. It's just that, you know, his specific roles that were given to him, yes. like, and, you know, my own private Idaho, he's fucking yes. amazing in it. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I think it, it also depended on yeah, how well he's directed, too. But yeah, because yeah, like, that was Gus Van fucking set. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, and, and, and the thing is, too, because, you know, uh, we can also acknowledge that River Phoenix was one of the greatest actors ever. You know, for the short amount of time he was among us, uh, and he's giving one of his greatest performances, if not his greatest performance, in my own private Idaho, yeah. River Phoenix, and Keanu more than holds his own against River Phoenix yeah. in that movie. Like, I, I don't think that movie works without Keanu. No, you know, I definitely think it requires both of them, but I also think like if you look at a lot of things he did, and like, like a lot of people make fun of, and I love, I love Point Break. But I completely understand people like making fun of some of his line reading and stuff. And I'm like, I get it. Because at the time, it was just like, that was just kind of like, if you cast in the like area of his personality, you get a really good performance out of him. Mm-hmm. But it was like, if you try to like make him something that he's not, he was not, he was very clearly not as comfortable. Um, whereas yeah. now, I don't think he's anything like John Wick, but like he plays John Wick brilliantly because he's so fucking, at this point, he's gotten so good as an actor. 
that no. like you kind of it's it's easier to like buy him in other kind of roles. Yeah, I mean, you could say the exception to that, what you just said, is uh, the Devil's Advocate, because you know he's playing like a down south lawyer and shit, yeah. and uh, and he's fucking amazing in that movie. No, yeah, but, but again, I think there's also the issue of like. It's a really good director. Like, that was the same guy who yeah. a couple years later directed Jamie Foxx to an Oscar in Ray. And I don't yeah. really think that Jamie Foxx is the best fucking actor in the world either, but he has got a fucking Oscar for Ray because he was directed so well. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- T- Taylor Hackford is a is, is a very good director. Yes. And, and like he direct like, you know, to the point where Keanu was holding his own against a, a very over the top Al Pacino. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there's that. And also like but like there, there is truth to what you're saying because like you, you go to like something like Parenthood, um, where Keanu's playing Todd, you know, what I'm saying an actor known for playing Ted is playing Todd. Yes. And like, and it's like, but it's like the flip side because he's playing Ted purely for comedy, and it's like where Todd is a character like you know with a lot of humor around him, like that that scene where he has uh, the discussion with Diane Weiss in the kitchen. Yeah. Um. About uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix character or Lee Phoenix as he was known at the time, yeah. Where he's talking about like you know, uh, you know, m- you know, boys need uh, a stable uh, male figure in their life. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, he said you know the way he was telling the story that uh, his father used to flick lit cigarettes at his head while he was sleeping and said, "Hey asshole, get up and make me breakfast." He said, you know, you you know, you need a license to. To, to shoot, you know, to have a gun. He said, you need a license to fish, but they'll let any butt-reaming asshole be a father. And I'm saying, and it's just like, he's amazing in that scene. Yeah. yeah he's amazing in that scene. Yeah. And I'm saying, so like, there there is truth uh, to, to, to a lot of truth to what you're saying, but it's like, you know, Keanu, like, he's a perfect example because Keanu has been accused a lot of time of having, not having charisma. Just being, basically being like a pretty boy, you know, who's a wooden pretty boy. Yeah. You know, like the only reason he gets roles in in movies is because he's he's good looking. You know what I'm saying? Which obviously you and me can attest that's bullshit because he is very good, and and a lot of roles. And so it's like it's 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 like what the fuck happened with Bruce? You know what I'm saying? Like uh, where it's like he's good looking and he acts his ass off and like you know he he could do it all. He could do drama. He could do comedy. He could do action. He could do obviously do horror. You know, the man had it in spades, and it's just like Hollywood did not want this motherfucker in their movie. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of is like I feel like he kind of, um, not by design. I think it was accidental, but I think that he kind of pigeonholed himself as being like a B movie guy. Yeah, and I think that eventually fucked him because it was just like you didn't necessarily like graduate out of B movies anymore. I guess you never really did to a large extent because I mean like directors did like i mean you had people like from like the corman school like jonathan demi was from the corman school and became the a-list fucking scrumney yeah. director um so it, it it happened with filmmakers but i feel like a lot of the guys that like were like regulars like regular actors and let, let's say like corman movies most of them didn't become like stars or like even like they became they became character actors and just kind of bigger and bigger things. I mean, you like, did have the you did have the rare occasion where like Jack Nicholson who came. From no, 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 yeah, there definitely was like the occasional ones, but even like Nicholson, like it was like it was like a weird path that dude becoming a star. It was like he's like his most famous part is like before he became that Nicholson was Easy Rider, and he's like honestly like they make it like it's like a Jack Nicholson movie. He's in it for like maybe a third of it, like yeah. and that's being charitable. 
Um, so it's like, it's, yeah, no, it's like it definitely, it happened, but it was kind of rare. Um, so I think that was kind of the whole thing with Bruce was that like Bruce had kind of become the guy who became known for like the B movie kind of stuff. And then like, so like when it became time to try to do like bigger stuff, it was like, no, we have other people for that. And it was just like, you just do. And like, and he was, he wasn't stupid. So he's like, he's going to keep doing the stuff that's offered to him. And it's, that probably gets put him deeper and deeper into that hole that he was just never going to climb out of. And I mean, that's necessarily like, again, I mean, it's, I remember there was a whole thing when, um, uh, cause I mentioned in previous episode, like the hundred scary movie moments, uh, special that was really like seminal to me. Um, when I was watching it with my brother, when it was airing and there was one point, I think they were talking about evil dead, um, where Eli Roth is talking about Bruce Campbell, where he's like, I think as horror fans, we're all waiting for this moment where Bruce Campbell gets this specific role and finally gets to be a big star like Tom Cruise. Um, mm-hmm. But he's like, in the end, it doesn't matter because to us, he's bigger than Tom Cruise. And I was like, exactly. and this was like the mid 2000s when this came out. Um, and that's the whole thing. It was like, I feel like um, he's in a weird situation where like, I feel like, if he had come now, like if he had come like through now, he would be a big fucking star. Like I feel like it would not surprise me if like Doctor Strange was Bruce Campbell. Like yeah. that would not surprise me. Like it's like because like they're just like I feel like if he had come out at a time when that was more welcomed in terms of like what he brings to the table, it would have been a different thing. But because he came in the time that he did when there was very like specifically like, regimented categories, like, cause I mean, like the Jeff Speakman thing, whatever, but like, it's just like, it's like, there was always a kind of like, there was especially like a, then there was like a very specific, like regimented, like the, 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 the Sly Stallone thing, where it's just like, you either do big blockbusters or you do serious films. Like, it's like, you couldn't do both. Whereas now it's welcome that you do yeah. Like, it's like you want, like actors don't, like, it's like, that's why Chris Evans was like desperate to stop playing. He, like, he, he was, Reticent to take on Captain America, and basically, as soon as he could, he was done playing Captain America because he was just like, I want to do other things. Like, I was like, I wanted to do this, but I also want to do other things. And Christian Bale, mm-hmm. in terms of like, wants he like, he, yeah, he's fucking Batman. Like, he's to me, he is Batman, but he's also a bunch of other things because he was insistent on always playing different things. Like, he would take movies like The Machinist and then also take. Fuck. Oh, he would take in between Batman movies. He would take the Prestige. Yeah, like it's just like so. It's like it's that that whole thing of like that's encouraged now, but like back in like the eighties and nineties, that was not. And then like it also didn't help that Bruce like was also kind of known for the guy who kind of um, was on the really good TV shows that nobody watched, like Briscoe County Junior, and then like um, the various Robert Topper uh, produced ones. Mm. Um, so like I feel like there's a lot of stuff that contributed to Bruce not necessarily living up to like what we all feel like his potential is but at the same time I feel like he still left an indelible footprint like it sucks that he wasn't a bigger star it sucks that he wasn't given like any kind of awards love ever in his fucking career other than like you know like regular like like Fangoria awards whatever Um, not like the Oscars um it's those things admittedly suck. Like I'm not arguing they are not shitty. Yeah. But on the other hand, like no matter what, 
like he will always be known. I feel like to a large extent he's almost like our generations like Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, uh Christopher Lee, like whatever, where it's like he was the guy who like was never like this big fucking whatever, but like when you if you're a horror fan you absolutely know who that dude is. And to you, he is the biggest fucking star in the world. Like, to, to you, he is, like, if you met Bruce Campbell, you'd be, like, awestruck. Whereas, like, there's tons of people who have met Bruce Campbell would just be like, oh, that seems like a nice guy. Like, it's like you just wouldn't know or care. Mm. And, like, I mean, and I, I can't speak for him, so I don't know whether he would have preferred to be a giant star or not. But, like, I do think, as it is, he gets to be... Kind of, he kind of got to have the best of both worlds. Cause like he still is like, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you're gonna like, he would have been, it would have been probably nice to make more money and stuff. But at the same time, he also gets to live a semi normal life. Yeah, no, yeah. Now, like, I, I, th- I think at this point in his career, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Cause he's, he's been acting for a long fucking time. I mean, and like the thing is that he, whether or not he was a big star and shit, he remained a working actor throughout his career. Like, Bruce Campbell has never stopped working. So, I mean, yeah. a lot of actors aren't afforded that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They they have, like, you know, nice runs, and then nobody, nobody fucking cares to have them in their movie anymore. But, like, Bruce Campbell will always, you know, will never be up for work. Like, because, you know, filmmakers always want Bruce Campbell in their movies. I mean, they might be smaller movies, lower-budgeted movies, but it's like, oh, you know, I get to have Bruce Campbell in my movie? Fuck yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like... And I, and I think at this point in his career, he's 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 fine with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I was never a big star, but like, you know. But, you know, he he's a fucking legend to us. You know what I'm saying? He's an absolute fucking legend and shit. You know what I'm saying? And he makes the most of it. Like, the fact that every time we see this man, he is he's the most dapper motherfucker in the room with, with, with his, with his uh, gentleman's only jackets. You know what I'm saying? With the handkerchief sticking out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see Sam in a nice suit. Uh, you see Rob looking comfortable and shit. But Bruce is just fucking dressed to the fucking nines. And and he, he always looks like, like, even when he does interviews and shit, you know, he sits there with his fucking, you know, his sports coat, you know, that shit, and his fucking matching tie, his matching handkerchief and shit, and his, and his sweet shoes, you know what I'm saying? It's like, this motherfucker knows. He, he knows exactly what his status is. No, he, he knows, carries himself like a fucking star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because he knows, like, you know, he may not be, like, you know, Tom Cruise level and shit, but he's a star to us. Like, this is something I wanted to point out and shit because uh, I got a lot of pushback on it. Like, uh, I did I posted a tweet where it's, like, as far as, like, you know, and I probably should have worded it better, but I meant, like, as far as mainstream actors go, um, as far as, like, the action genre goes, that uh, the, the the two actors, because, you know, there's always two that hold us down every decade. Um, and I felt for this I, I pushed back. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know, I know you did. But um, see, like, you know, I, got, I felt like I got the pushback because, you know, I should have worded it better. Like, I don't think I worded it wrong, but, like, I should have been a bit more descriptive of what I meant. Um, where I said Gerard Butler and Jason Statham. And everybody's like, what about Scott Atkins and this guy? And it was like, Scott Atkins popped up a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I'm not saying Scott Atkins is not. I would have loved to have said Scott Atkins. But like as I and Dahlia and um, Cinemasticus uh, Pete Gogic stated, like, you know what I'm saying? What they understood what I was saying is that unfortunately, 
Scott Atkins is is too niche for a mainstream audience because like you, the thing is like to, to your point, your it's like I, I, I think is like I can say this as somebody who is like part of like our action Twitter friends, yeah. but is also kind of adjacent. Is like I the reason I hundred percent knew what you you meant was in because I I my argument was actually not with the now part. It was like the nineties part. But yeah. um, but no, like my the thing with now is like yes, but like mainstream, like it's like okay, I can name off the top of my head five Gerard Butler movies. I can name five Jason Statham movies off the top of my head. If you put a gun to my head, I don't know that I could do that for Scott Atkins, and and I don't. It's no way insulting him, and it's also just like by virtue of the fact that like I remember telling you, and I think we just I don't know if we ever discussed it on here. But I was like, um, when Day Shift came out, um, I genuinely didn't understand why our action friends were so excited about it. Because to me, it was just a vampire movie. And then, like, it wasn't until Scott Atkins showed up that I was like, oh. Like, because it's like, if you are an action <laughs> fan, like, he is. To, 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 so it's like, to your point, like, it is very much a Bruce Campbell situation. Like, if yeah. you are an action fan, you 100% know who Scott Atkins is, you love Scott Atkins. If you are an action nerd, that is your dude. But if you are like just somebody who just happens to enjoy action movies, enjoys cinema, like there's a strong chance you know his name and you maybe have seen him a couple of times. Yeah. But you don't necessarily like have a strong idea of him the same way that you do Gerard Butler and Jason Statham. Yeah, it's like you you like I'm you can mention Scott Atkins' name and they'll be like, Who's that? But like you start mentioning roles like you say, Oh, he was in uh uh such and such, and they'll be like, Oh, okay, yeah, I, I think I know who you're talking about. That that'll be the, the most the, the, the biggest response you get from like the most casual viewer. You know what I'm saying? So uh, like that's what I meant. But I would 100% love to put Scott Atkins. It's just that not, you know, casual mainstream audiences don't know who he is. I mean, that's a goddamn shame. So, like, like what I was mentioning is that I feel like Scott Atkins is like the Bruce Campbell yeah. of, our, like, the action crowd of this generation because he's he's someone who deserves to be bigger than he is. And, you know, and he's, like, been pigeonholed in doing low-budget stuff. But it's like, to mainstream audiences, they're like, well, who's that? But it's like to to the crowd that you know they're, they're most uh, you know in tune with, with Bruce being the horror crowd, Scott being the action crowd. They're fucking legends. They're gods. You know what I'm saying? Bruce is a god amongst horror fans. Scott is a god amongst action fans. But it's like I think that you know, with Bruce, Bruce is particularly fine never having been a big star. Like I mean, to be to be honest, like I think he's probably fine with that because. I remember uh, he did uh, like a short documentary about like fandom, and he was like, you know how like uh, like certain stars and shit had like fans break into their house and shit or fucking follow them. And he's like, that's yeah. fucking terrifying. So it's just like I think Bruce is just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a, a I'm a fucking motherfucker up, and she, he shows up at my house, like you know, because also like he does have issues with. Uh, uh, like, he would joke around a lot, but he does have issues with the fandom surrounding the Evil Dead, you know, franchise. Where it's like, uh, 
where he's repeatedly told people to stop going to the property in Tennessee. Because, like, you know, they're trying to look for the cabin. The cabin's burned down, and he's like, someone went and found a stone from the chimney, and they brought it to me to sign it. And he mo- he openly mocked them, like, yes, they had plenty of time on their hands. But then there was a con where, like, they had a reunion with the cast, and he was like, stop going up there. It is not funny. That is private property. They are going to fill your ass with buckshot. Stop fucking going up there. You know? So I think at that, like, at that point where he's just like, yeah, no, I'm not dealing with that. You know, I'm perfectly fine, you know, existing within a bubble. Yeah. You know, where it's like, the, you know, the fans I fuck with, they know who I am. They revere me. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't need to be fucking have multi-million dollar mansions and like fucking doing like $200 million movies. Like he appears in $200 million movies, but that's because Sam sneaks him in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, he's there. I like somebody had a point that I posted uh, like a long time ago on Instagram where they were like um, talking about um, Dr. Strange two. And um, <laughs> basically it was just like, if you have an evil book and like you have like whatever like and like you have a zombie and you have Bruce Campbell, that's an Evil Dead movie, baby. It's just like that's kind of my whole thing is like um, Bruce. Well, I mean, like the Spider Man movies too. Like um, that thing is like he does. He is very much like a and I hate this term, but like he's very much a that guy actor. Where it's like he's a guy who like I like if you're like a nerd, you all one hundred percent know who he is, and if you are not a nerd. You don't, but you recognize him instantaneously. So no matter what, like he still has a step. Like he's made an indelible mark on pop culture. It's just yeah. a matter of like whether or not he deserved a bigger mark. I would argue yes, but like no matter what, the man made his fucking mark. So you like you have to give what credit where it's due. I just want to say like Evil Dead Two, the fact that he manages to fucking literally like fucking carry a huge chunk of that movie where it's only him like he's playing his hand being possessed and like injuring him and you're thinking about it logically that is an actor doing that with his own hand like all of these scenes are just bruce in a vacuum and they are 100 compelling and memorable and great yeah. And it's that's all him. Like that's yes, that's Sam's direction too. But that is still like that is fucking impressive as shit. Like honestly, um, I, I totally think he could have carried the entire movie by himself. Like they didn't need the other characters. Like I would say, you need you, like you you want a body count in there. You want like, yeah, extra say, victims. That's why they're there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that. The, yeah. yeah, they're fucking cannon father. Yes. Um, but you could have just left it with Bruce in the cabin by himself and shit and, and still would have worked. I, I think actually like the movie kind of comes slightly less interesting when the other characters show up. Yeah. B- because then he has to play against them. Yeah. Like everything before that, when it's just Ash by himself in the cabin is 100% more interesting and, and creative and entertaining than when the other characters show up. Although I will say though, um, I do love, and I would definitely keep on uh, any metric, uh, fucking Ted Raimi as Henrietta and the. Fucking- oh no 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 no! <laughs> that, Ted- that that shit is just that is one hundred percent necessary. No, Ted I stays. So yes. No, Ted stays as Henrietta. I'm talking about like I mean, but uh, yeah, we don't have eyeball flyball. We don't have Dan Hicks. Yeah. Um, if you lose the other, it's, it's like. Uh, Ed and um, Professor Novi's daughter and shit, who's just like yeah. they're the most generic too. 
with like Bobby. Although Jill. I will say, uh, the blonde guy who's in my oh, but I do love his deadite makeup. I, I love that so much. Yeah, I think his <laughs> name is cool Ed. I believe I his name is Ed. Yeah, um, yeah, like like he like that's why he's the first one to get turned and shit because he's the most generic. Yes, um, but he does have excellent makeup. That's all I'm no, saying. <laughs> he does, he does, and shit. Um, but like, yeah, it's like you you could have played the whole movie with just Bruce by himself in the cabin. Uh, for, you know, getting chased by the Evil Dead, uh, his severed hand, um, fucking uh, Henrietta and the fucking uh, Ted Raimi, uh, who who has been noted to probably suffer more yes. than anybody else, including Bruce, on the set of that movie because they shot this That's movie. <laughs> yeah, they shot this movie down south, I think, in Georgia, when like one of the hottest summers. And a fucking, uh, they built a set in the gymnasium that they had no air conditioning. Um, my man was losing uh, pounds and pounds every day in that suit. Like, like, there's that one shot where uh, Henrietta is fucking floating above and Ash comes out the cellar and Henrietta turns to, 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 to scream at Ash and you could see the sweat pouring out the fucking ear uh, uh, of the Henrietta suit that Ted that Ted is uh, wearing, um, we also we should also know because we haven't known that uh, that uh, this was the first time I believe that uh, the the makers of who eventually become K and B worked all three of them together. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it was Mark Schostrom's show, but this was the first time because they worked together separately. Yeah, but this was the first time Robert Kurtzman, um, Greg, Greg Nicotero, and Howard Berger worked together. And it was through this experience where they decided to do uh, Star K and B, and like you know, uh, like I, I don't want. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this because I don't want it to sound like a dunk, because I do think the makeup effects in here is amazing. Yes. But it was like what you were saying earlier when it was like we're not as disgusted by the gore. Like as you think, like a movie that's filled with gore, we're not as like appalled by it. Like you compare this to the to the, to the first Evil Dead and shit, and it's just like, oh, it's grody. You know what I'm saying? Because they were working on you know, they were working on like almost no money uh, to make that and shit. And there's uh, um, Tom Sullivan putting all that shit together and shit, however he can, you know. And it's just like that that low budget factor adds an ickiness to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like, oh man, it's disgusting. This had a lot more money, but not that much. Uh, and you got professionals like you know Mark Sh- Mark Shostrom leading uh, the the production and the makeup effects department. And like you know, he had already done like uh, like stuff like From Beyond. Um, from From Beyond is like fucking has magnif- magnificent makeup effects. From Beyond fucking rules. Yeah, yeah, Stuart, yeah. Stuart Gordon in general fucking yeah. rules. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in power. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. And then, like, you know, you had uh, uh, the aforementioned K&B guys, you know, who've all worked uh, on other shows. They worked under Kevin Yeager or with Kevin Yeager. Uh, obviously, they worked under Savini. Um, uh, and it's like they, they were at that point, they, they were like experts. You know what I'm saying? You know, this is why, like, you know, this project, you know, they went out to do open up their own shop. You know what I'm saying? Because they already been doing makeup effects for years and years and years. And then, like, you know, working on the Masters. Like, you know, the fact that they're working on the Savini uh, shows that, you know, you're, you're working on the, the best of the best and shit. So how could you not be end up being the best of the best yourself? 
so it's like the the gore is great but it's also fairly like this is gonna sound fucking bad um but it's i'm trying to make it sound less bad it's clean <laughs> well i mean i think that was kind of also the point like I, cause I, I feel like that's the whole thing is like i feel like because sam was doing it as gore for gags and like more of a gay like three stooges madcap vibe yeah i don't think the point was to be disgusting in as much as i think the point was just to be like almost palatable yeah. because that way you'll buy the jokes like more like you'll buy into the jokes more if you're not like disgusted yeah uh, no, that's which, my own personal take on it i don't know 100 what that was intended but yeah yeah no no i, I agree with that which is why the, 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 all the blood is different colors yeah, you know, it's blue and green and black, and it's 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 fair, rarely red. The only yeah. time you see it's red. Uh, when it is red, it's very very red. Like it's like yeah. fucking like fucking dog the dead red. <laughs> yeah, like uh, that's why we never see Ash cut off his hand. Yeah. Um, and then like we we only see the aftermath, and then this is like a quick shot of the chainsaw with, you know, his blood on it, you know, and that's done like you know they get in and out of that shit. But, like, if we do see blood, it's all fucking different colors and all that shit. Because, yeah, yeah, they were trying to tone it down. Because uh, the Evil Dead did cause an uproar, you know, where it was labeled a video nasty. And it was yeah. just like, fucking how? Like, that, that whole era with the video nasty shit is yeah. fucking dumb. Yeah. Um, but, um, like, so, like, yeah, like, you know, uh, because I know um, the MPA was pissed at them because they released Evil Dead unrated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're like, fuck you, we're going to release this movie without your, you know, your, you know, your say-so. So it's like, they, they anticipated that. So, like, they were trying to tone it down so that they could at least get, a, like, I think an R rating, maybe even PG-13, like, you know, with all the different color blood. And the MPA was like, no, fuck you, it's an X. So, <laughs> they had no choice but to release it unrated again. You know? And then, like, Sam f- further, further turned it down with Army of Darkness. Well, yeah, because I know Army of Darkness, I think the point was to get a PG-13. Yeah. And that was the whole thing is they were like, no, fuck you, it's an R. I'm like, all right, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, where, where to this day, Bruce is just like, they gave us an R rating for what was essentially as Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. You know, where we're fighting skeletons and, and that gets an R. Like, <laughs> you could tell, he's just like, you people are fucking dumb. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but like, that was that was revenge, you know what I'm saying? Because they kept, they were pissed off because they released the first two Evil Dead's unrated. So it's like, fuck you, you're an R. And it's like, you know, whatever, you know, what can you do and shit. But like, I, I still love all the makeup effects in there. Yeah. Uh, Henrietta's makeup is fantastic. Uh, also, the flying dead eye at the end, yeah, uh, is, is is rad. Yeah, and like you said, uh, 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 Evil Ed is rad. Um, it's like, like, yeah, like also uh, the recreation of uh, the the tree gag yep. without without that fucking awful uh, the tree sex, yeah, the sexual <laughs> the the tree sexual assault, yeah, um, which is the one thing about uh, Sam has says the one thing about his career that he regrets is doing that, um, like yeah, like it, it's it's, a, it's a, like everything in this movie, uh, uh, J- uh, Joseph uh, Laduca's uh, score. Um, it's like everything combines to add just like to, to combine into like making a fucking 
masterpiece of a movie, you know what I'm saying? Which people all was like, oh my god, Evil Dead 2 and shit. It's terrible. It's awful. It's it's no good. It's it's very bad. And now now look at us. It's just like it's like that thing we were saying with uh, Psycho and Nia Living Dead. I mean, to a lesser extent with this one, you know, not like the, the impact that those movies had on cinema. Yeah. But it was like that the, the thing I was saying was like everything before it is obsolete and everything after it bears its mark. Yep. You know, and that's just, you know, that's just, you know, Sam being a genius, uh, Bruce just being just one of the greatest icons of screen and uh, cinema ever. And it's just like, how could how could you how could you deny that man a career? Uh, how how could you? This is one of the greatest sins, but like you know, he will always be a legend. You know, Bruce Campbell will always be a legend, and so will Sam. So will Rob. You know what I'm saying? Even though uh, he produced Hercules: A Legendary Journey, <laughs> which 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 no, let, let's let's be clear, it was a good fucking show. Yes, I like that. Nobody it's, knew that he was a fucking scumbag at the time. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's just a problem. Not that. Rob Topper. Rob Topper, I'm sure, is still as delightful then as he is now. Uh, I'm referring to Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the deserved to bomb now. I now believe that it deserved to bomb. Right. Like yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's regretful of that shit too. Like we made a star out of this motherfucker. Well, at the time, because now it's like fucking, you know. It's just like uh, who's worse off, him or Dean Kane? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, what's that? What's that joke? Um, where like where fucking Gina Carano got herself fired from The Mandalorian? Yeah. It's like when when you're on like when you're uh, a rising star, one of the biggest franchises in in the history of like entertainment, and you shit the bed with your bullshit beliefs and shit, and now you show up on the set of your <laughs> your your new project and shit. And it's like, is that Dean Kane? Because <laughs> that's it. Like, you're like you went from being in fucking Star Wars. They were going to give you your own spinoff, and now we we'll look at you making movies with Kevin Sorbo and Dean Kane. <laughs> you stupid motherfucker! You. <laughs> but we forgive you, Rob. That wasn't your fault. You picked the best actor you possibly could for that role. How could you have known he was going to be? A utter scumbag piece of shit, douchebag asshole, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know he must, he, that's how he must feel because Lucy Lawless thoroughly shits on that motherfucker any chance she gets. Like, you piece of shit. It's like, and this is why Xena was the superior show. <laughs> God bless Lucy Lawless. <laughs> but yeah, before we go any farther, I think that would do it for our discussion. You know, uh, 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 our discussion about Idle Hands and Evil Dead 2 for this episode of Chainsaws and Clothes. We thank you for joining us. Um, wherever you're at on social media or wherever you're listening to uh, uh, podcasts, we're there. We don't need to reiterate it. You found, you have found us. Uh, we thank you for listening. We, thank you, we hope you enjoyed, and we will catch you next time. Oh.